This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday, July 23rd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Police said they've arrested three people Wednesday in connection with a brutal murder of three friends who were fishing on a Florida lake. ABC News reports 26-year-old Tony T.J. Wiggins, his girlfriend, 27-year-old Mary Whittemore, and his brother, 21-year-old William Robert Wiggins, were all caught after an extensive search following the deaths of Kevin Springfield, Brandon Rollins, and Damian Tillman on Friday. The friends were slain just moments after gathering together for some night fishing at a lake in central Florida, authorities said Saturday. They were found by the father of one of the men who managed to call for help just before he died. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd told reporters Wednesday at a news conference that T.J. Wiggins had a long record with 230 felony charges, 15 convictions, and two stints in state prison. He was out on a bond for arrest where, an arrest where he allegedly broke another man's arm with a crowbar, according to Judd. Police said that they were able to track the suspects through a dollar store bag and a receipt that were found at the crime scene. When investigators executed a warrant of T.J. Wiggins' trailer, they found several guns, rifles, and ammunition. Robert Wiggins allegedly told investigators he saw his brother shoot the three men and help T.J. Wiggins put Tillman into the back of one of the trucks used by the victims. Afterwards, they went to McDonald's and ordered 10 double cheeseburgers and two McChickens. The sheriff said investigators are still trying to determine the motive behind the murders. So the one guy you mentioned, 230 felonies. 230 felony charges. 230 yeah. felony charges. Can you imagine if you even had one, one? felony charge against you Seriously. and how that would affect your life? How does this happen? How does one exceed that many felony convictions and still be free to roam around and, still walk and around. then participate in the brutal murder of three more people? I did mean, this two... he, and he was out He was out on bond. Like, yeah, he was did, still did, dealing did... with charges. Yeah. That's just that's a horrible individual. Horrible individual. Unbelievable. So three people dead uh, because of this guy. Several area attractions welcome back visitors today. The Barnes Foundation in the Spring Garden section of Philadelphia. The Borgato Hotel and Casino and Six Flags Hurricane Harbor, both in New Jersey, are all reopening. It's been months since these places have seen visitors. The Borgata in Atlantic City is holding a soft reopening by invitation only Thursday through Saturday. The hotel and casino will open to the public at 10 a.m. on Sunday. The casino will be limited to 25% capacity. Guests will be required to wear masks. Smoking will not be allowed. What? Oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> crews will be cleaning. Yeah, it is kind of cool. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. no smoking in the kitchen. That's, one, that's the one drawback a lot of times. <laughs> you yep. smell that lingering stuff. Uh, Crews will be cleaning playing tables and machines frequently. They're alternating slot machines uh, in order to encourage social distancing. At this point, I go to I would go to a place called Coronavirus World. You know, just just to get (laughs) out. It'll be clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hotel's indoor pool will remain closed. Outdoor pools will be opened uh, with seating spaced out to encourage social distancing. Outdoor dining and -and grab-and-go options will be available. The hotel uh, has also streamlined its check-in process to limit contact in the lobby. The Borgata had added hand sanitizing stations, uh, just like Six Flags Hurricane Harbor in New Jersey. The theme park will also be reopening Thursday. Guests will be required to wear masks, though they are not required to do so in the pool or while on water attractions. People entering the park will have 
have their temperatures checked. Workers have also developed a contact-free way to check bags as guests enter the park. In order to limit capacity, guests will have to schedule reservations on the theme park's website. That seems to be what most theme parks are doing, where you have to schedule the day. Sure, yeah, yeah, and, and which helps keep control of the crowds. Have they suggested how they're going to check bags without any without contact? No, I don't know. Dump your, yeah, dump yeah, your yeah. stuff like, out like here. Like a TSA sort of thing, x-rays? Put it back in. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. When I was in Universal, that's what they did. They they had to, there was something in a backpack, and they actually never even found it, but uh, they made me take everything out of the bag. Uh, they didn't even find my gun. <laughs> no, but it, I don't know. Like, it must have been something that the backpack was made of, because uh. they were like, we can't find anything, but we can't let you in. And I'm like, oh, what do you want to do Yeah, here? what do we do? We're, we've reached an impasse They brought, like, here. three people over, they swabbed it, the whole thing, and they were like, all right, go ahead. Yeah. Capacity will be gradually expanded throughout the park season. Reservations are also encouraged at the Barnes Foundation, which opens to members today. Uh, it'll open to the general public Saturday at noon. One-way access through some areas will be in place to encourage social distancing. Guests will be required to wear masks, of course, and the number of visitors will be limited. Kathy, there- is the Barnes Water Park open as well or no? <laughs> no, you know what? They haven't opened that yet. Okay. <laughs> there will be limited guided tours in the museum, and workers have placed an even bigger emphasis on cleaning and disinfecting. Those efforts include the addition of hand sanitizing stations throughout the museum. You ever been in the Mards? And you guys ever been in the Barnes? Uh, no, yeah, I, I want yeah, to go. Times. I want to go. It's yeah. great. I've been and, to Jerry Barn. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's nice too. Uh, but uh, the Barnes is, you know, it's one of the jewels in Philadelphia for sure. But um, they are already a bit militant when it comes to like approaching the walls and like where you, you oh, know, really? not, not getting anywhere near the art. So I think that they'll be able to take these COVID rules seriously and, yeah. uh, and implement them with the staff. Rochelle and I have gone there just to have lunch it's a couple nice. of times. They have a really nice restaurant. It's a Stephen Star restaurant. Is it? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's such a cool building. And, I uh, love that place. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, and uh, Casey referenced something. We were talking about this the other morning, Casey, about when they do have those large containers of the disinfectant, they're ready for public usage. Oh God, Casey encountered something that I encountered as well. <laughs> I automatically assumed, as did you, that, 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 that it was gel. gel. Right. It's it come like straight up liquid. Yeah. 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 It was yeah. straight up isopropyl alcohol <laughs> and like as in the liquidest of all liquid forms. And I did a full on spray and it just like sprayed all over me. Oh, well, you're clean. Uh, I was you're like, I'm clean. You're like Phoebe Cates in Rich Past Times <laughs> Original. Yeah, it was like a wet t-shirt yeah. contest. My <laughs> nips were like protruding through now, my shirt now. Do you, do you when, when there's like a squirt bottle or whatever those things are called, do, mm-hmm. you, do you like to hit that kind of hard? Or? Well, I just, you just, I, I'm not. Not, not like um, you gave like a full. I, pump. I just I'm gave, not like hitting it like um like Family Feud. Like pump. I'm buzzing in. Yeah. <laughs> right, you just, I, Casey. When I did, I just gave a regular pump. Just a regular and pump. It sprayed out. Yeah. yeah. I got in the car yesterday, Casey, and I spilled sanitizer over myself. I was on my pants or what? And then I. Well, it's sanitizer. Like it's fine, right? Yeah. Did you have yesterday? By the way, I had to call my wife. I got in the car. Put. I get have the hand sanitizer in the cup holder. I poured into my hand. It was hot. Yes! It's like napalm, Steve. It's yeah. just your skin. Like, what the hell? Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's too funny. Uh, bees swarmed beachgoers on a Cape May beach Tuesday. A queen bee and her worker bees swarmed the beach after getting kicked out of a nearby nest. A woman visiting from Michigan was enjoying a book when she noticed the buzzing. The bees were landing on her towel. It was just like a black cloud of something around me. I didn't know exactly what they were, the woman said. 
It was just the craziest thing. And once I guess the queen landed on my chair, that was it. They all congregated Whoa. right there. Uh, there were also gathering on another beachgoer's nearby umbrella. A local auto mechanic, Alan Brown, who has enjoyed beekeeping as a hobby for the past seven years, was called. According to Brown, it's pretty rare to have bees swarm the beach areas because they nest inland. Uh, the, we have the audio from yeah. one of the cameras oh, that somebody okay. was yeah. carrying when they went by. So it freaked him out. Yeah. Jesus, Kat, how many times are you going to use the word swarm? Don't you have a better word than just swarm? You've said swarm like four times. Shut the hell up. She was like on thesaurus.com. Is there another word for swarm? Yeah, swarm, see swarm. Swarm. Uh, In uh, the Latin, swarm. She asked me and Casey, I'm like, I don't know, gathered, amassed? That's what I would think, gathered and amassed. It's not not negative negative enough when you say gathered. No, like not not threatening enough. Like aggressive. You you can just gather, but like this is like, this is swarm. A quorum. (laughs) Yeah, but a quorum yell of gathered. bees. <laughs> the uh, gathered. Yeah. The gathered. What's kind of amazing is how quickly the yes. queen lands. That's what they yep. said. And they this, and if you see the, the, the pictures, how many bees follow immediately? Yeah. I mean, this is horrifying. <laughs> the picture that we're looking at. Yeah. How hot is this queen that all these bees are following her like that? I don't know. No? I don't know. Maybe the... So they usually super ne- high, I guess, right? They usually nest inland. The queen and her workers were likely blown onto the beach from the wind and became attracted mm. to the smell of sunscreen lotion. It took oh. about twenty five minutes uh, for Alan to uh, for Brown to gather the bees in a cardboard box without a problem. Uh, he says that they don't mean any harm. They don't want to sting you unless really provoke unless you really provoke them. Uh, they don't want to hurt you. Brown said before they leave, uh, they gorge themselves full of honey, so they're full just so they have something when they find a new home. They're fat and full and just kind of hanging out, he said. Um, on a related story, um, I have those bees that bore holes in my yard. Do you know what I'm talking car- car- about? Like carpenter bees? And they're, they're really, those really thick and really scary looking. They and look like bumblebees. No, well, bigger. Yeah. I mean, they so, kind of look like murder hornets. I think they're the um, they're, they're the cicada killers is what they're called. And, and, yes. Uh, yeah, and, and they burrow down. We have one in our backyard or a nest in our backyard, too, case. They're, they're uh, really nasty looking, but I don't think that they are threatening. Well, so, so, we, so, yeah. we, we've, so case, for, in Maniunk, we had a wood deck put on at the back of the house, and they just went to town on oh, it. Wow. And we we called in a couple of exterminators, and they said once they get in, it's virtually impossible. Well, because to stop them, they were so scary looking. I called the exterminator, and he came by. and, and Nick, I believe he said that. Like yeah, these cicada- are these are carpenter bees. Yeah, those these are, are carpenter normal bees. bees. Yeah, yeah, this thing looks like a hornet, right? Yeah, and, it's a cicada wasp. Yeah, uh, and it looks so scary. But the guy told me he's like they they don't sting. They they won't attack humans. But I cut my lawn yesterday, and I'm going over their nest, and I can see them. There's like probably oh my like. God. 20 of them going around, and I'm like, okay, well, here, guys. here goes nothing. Well, here and you are. I'm just kind of just waiting to get bit or stung or something, and nothing. I mean, they they just, they look yeah. so scary. I've got some of these in my backyard, too, and they, they don't, they haven't been an issue yet. Okay. I, I haven't seen, they, they used to, um, we had a swing set, and I would see them around that all the time, but they never were aggressive. They never would come after anything. Now, I had other bees, I mean, actual wasps and those little bastards i have been stung by them a couple of times in our in our shed they they've found home from time to time so some of these uh worker bees were back on the beach gathering near a lifeguard stand on wednesday looking for the colony that's the last place they know have you seen a colony around here (laughs) i'm looking for my queen bee and i got lost yeah well that's basically it they said they don't know where there's a swarm right down the beach thank you thank you so much down by that lifeguard stand yep they're just kind of hanging out there waiting for the queen to come back by the way is borgato Open? <laughs> no smoking. Yes, and, but you can't smoke. God damn it. 
uh, or somebody to come back and say, hey, we've moved over here. In sports this morning. The Flyers signed Oscar Lindblom to a three-year contract with an average annual value of $3 million. The 23-year-old was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma at the University of Pennsylvania in December. On July 2nd, he finished his treatments at the Abramson Cancer Center, where his medical team deemed him to be without evidence of cancer at the time. Lindblom, who was recently named a finalist for the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy, which is awarded annually by the NHL. Houston Rockets guard Russell Westbrook said that he is thankful and blessed to be able to participate in practice again after recovering from coronavirus. Westbrook spoke to the media yesterday, uh, before yesterday's practice, his first with the team since clearing the NBA's quarantine protocol at the league's Walt Disney World campus. He arrived in Orlando on Monday after twice testing negative. Westbrook said he was asymptomatic other than a stuffy nose and was able to do conditioning workouts during his quarantine at home. And even though fans won't be allowed to attend Phillies games this season, you can still see your face at Citizens Bank Park. You can have a high-resolution photo version of your face on a seat. The cutouts will cost $25 for season ticket holders and $40 for the general public. Proceeds will benefit Phillies charities and the Phillies will honor healthcare workers with cardboard cutouts at their season opener tomorrow night. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks much, Kath. Welcome to Thursday morning with the Preston and Steve show. we got a few things going on. Uh, the Duncan, Preston, and Steve Coolen caravan is headed out on the road this morning. We have a few different job sites that we're going to head to. Iced coffee, get your day started right. We will check in. Our good friend Connor is going to be on the road with them to let us know uh, which sites are stopping by, and we'll say hi to a couple of people and just kind of spread some love this morning as we get out of the studio. You know the momentous thing that occurred yesterday, Preston, after oh, yeah. a large drought. I saw. Something major has been rectified at the station here. It was as I was walking out <clears> of the... I was leaving for the day. I saw that someone had repaired the Dunkachino machine. Yes. And yes. Matt, Matt Kelper sent out a very comprehensive email about how he and he alone will be in charge of maintenance and oh. restocking and all this stuff. And you go to him with any of the issues. Really? He's going to take care he's of it. He's the point, man. He's, he's making sure we're be, safe. He's right. going to be the daily guy. He's going to make sure it's it's clean. Nobody gets sick. You I don't know, it's sick. Yeah, so. Well, if he takes my mission to make sure, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that no one gets so we we have reason to uh, to rejoice here. We had a meeting yesterday on the fifth floor, and when we came downstairs, did you guys not smell it? I thought somebody's I cooking did, brownies. Yeah. Smelled great. Yes. Yeah. You can when somebody's when somebody's ordering up one of those yummies, you can smell it down the hall. Yeah, Dunkachino awesome. man. And so I got I had my first cup yesterday. It was glorious. Nice. All right. So that's wonderful. And uh, our friends from Dunkin' are going to be on the road with us for the cooling caravan. And guess wise, we have Kim Fields on the show today. Of course, you remember her as Tootie from The Facts of Life. Uh, she is part of this program called, it's a film called Baby Blue, uh, premiering on BET. Do you know she's done a uh, lot B- of directing? BET, her, actually, yeah. on uh, Saturday. She's, like, been directing yeah. for years. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to yeah. talk to her about all of that a little bit later on this morning, which should be pretty cool. So we're going to take a break. Come back in a second. got a whole lot of entertainment stories to get to. We'll do that very thing when we return. Stay put. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? You can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Just had a last-minute idea for a stupid question. I'm going to keep this music rolling. What movie soundtrack is this from? Mm. Let's see if you know. I wonder if we'll get an a correct answer for this or not. I know what it is. Yeah. 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you wreck. I was just wondering, as Kathy was doing the traffic, I wonder if anybody ever recognizes what this is from. It's from a movie. It's from a very cool part of a movie. A lot of people do. I get emails all the time, and I'm sure Casey does, too, because he's the one that, that picks the music. But people will ask, you know, and... I have to remember which break it is. It's right. like, I, I don't know. 215263 WMMR. Let's even know the answer. All right, we're going to go through some birthdays today. It is Thursday, July 23rd, and Slash celebrates his birthday today. Say Slash. His name is Saul Hudson. Slash is better. Uh, he is um, turning 55 years old today. In great shape, man. Yeah. And... We saw him uh, backstage at the uh, barbecue, yeah. walking around. He is, uh, he's, he's something else, man. He's, he's a great guitar player and highly revered and has been for a long, long time. And, and a good interview every time. He's, he's not too flashy with his guitar stuff. He just plays really good stuff. Do you know what I always think about when I, you, you bring up Slash? Is that for the longest time, he was next door neighbors with Robert Evans, the producer of The Godfather. And, and they were like the best of friends. Yeah. You know, diametrically opposed people. I've got a friend whose nickname is Slash Without a Hat. Uh, <laughs> she has it. that like crazy Slash curly hair. Yeah, yeah. Slash so she's without a hat. Slash Without a Hat. Uh, he's 55. Uh, David Essex, the singer, he had a he has kind of a one-hit wonder. He had a song called Rock On. Rock On. Hey, kids, rock and roll. Rock On. Ooh, my soul. Uh, a very strange, <laughs> interesting song. Uh, Jamie Dean. James Dean. <laughs> <laughs> covered uh, covered infamously by Hobie on uh, Baywatch. Oh, oh my God. God. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wait, you know who else did that? Was um, Steve. He was a soap opera star. Jack he, Wagner? No. He had a handful of hits. Um, he, I think he was from Young and the Restless. Nick, see who else did a cover. Right. Oh, 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 oh. I, know who you're you know about. Exactly I do know who you're talking about. Who he is. He, God damn, what they was They pawned him off as, as a singer on the soap opera. And he was just like so-so, and then they tried to make a career out of him. Something like, Michael Lernan? No. No, no. Michael Lernan was from the Waltons. Uh, uh, Michael Damien? Michael yes! Damien! Yes. Thank you. He was horrible. It was terrible. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Well, okay, so what version do I know then? Do I know the Michael Damien you probably, 80s version? You may. You may. But the, the original is this really weird, funky, trippy tune. Yeah. And it was a huge hit in the... In the uh, 1970s. Oh, I'll okay. say, yeah. Yeah, yeah so then it's definitely the 80s version that I know. Because it was in one of the Corey movies, I think. It was okay. like, oh, it was from uh, well, Dream a Little Dream. It was a Dream a Little I Dream. I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, anyhow, he is uh, 73 today. Yeah, there it is. David That's, we have that version. All right, let's hear it. Hey, kids, yeah. rock and yeah. roll. The uh, the original is much cooler. Of course, uh, it's a, it's a very interesting tune. Anyway, if we, if we can find that, maybe we'll play a little snippet of it for you later. She, he is seventy three. Uh, John Hall, uh, who is a singer, he was in the band Orleans. I brought this up because Pierre's really good friends with the guys in Orleans, 
And they did, you know, dance with me. I want to be your partner. Can't they, they, had a, you see? they had a few hits. He's 72. Man, we, we're doing good today. I, I love it when we do sing alongs. Wow, this guy's a politician now. He is. He's a former Vote de- for de- me. <laughs> Democratic congressman from New York State. <laughs> I mean, I he should have. If he, if he missed that opportunity, I want, to ha- I want to be your senator. Vote for me. <laughs> Uh, all right, 72. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. Oh, hey. Celebrates his 31st birthday Ow, today. 30. He is, I know. I, I immersed myself in the Potter world when I went to Universal. It's great. If you're a Harry Potter fan, just go as soon as you can. There's, it was phenomenal. There's probably no better place in the world. Maybe in England they have some, I know I know they've got some attractions and so on set up, especially from, from the, the scenes, the places where they shot those. Preston, from films. the Hogwarts Express oh. to, to the whole, to, to, to everything. And, yep. and Hagrid's motorcycle ride, one of the best rides I've ever been on in my life. He's 31. Uh, Woody Harrelson uh, turns 59 today. Uh, and he is, uh, man, did he, I never pegged back in the days of Cheers that he would go on to be the, the superstar. The career he's had, yeah. And it's funny because you, you think of this bumbling Woody character that he played, and then Casey and I were just talking about the movie Midway, yeah. in which he plays, you know, a uh, an admiral yeah. and does a great job. Uh, 59 today. Eric LaSalle from uh, ER. Who's got the Soul Glow theme? Because I can't I find it anywhere. Uh, oh, you do? <laughs> okay, good. Give me a second here. Because in Coming to America, his family were the entrepreneurs who had Soul Glow, which was, you know, the activator for hair. (laughs) What is this? Oh. (laughs) I feel it all so silky smooth. He's... Excellent in coming to America. There's a scene where he's he's primping his hair. He puts a spray in, and he's looking in his his side view mirror in his car. And he gives himself. He almost blows himself a kiss. It's it's fantastic. Is he going to be in the um uh the sequel? I, hope I, so. I think they're having everybody back. Case, okay? so yes. I, I hope so. He's 58. Monica Lewinsky. Wow. Celebrates her 47th birthday. Did you remember? You remember all that stuff was coming out, and as the uh, as the stories, the cigar, the whole. Whole thing was developing. It's like people going, "What? What's going on?" I know, I know, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, uh, Marlon Wayans uh, turns forty-eight years old. Everything from uh, Little Man to Living Color, the Wayans Brothers scary movie series. Uh, Charisma Carpenter. Wow, she's fifty years old today. Terrible oh. interview. Super hot, but a terrible interview. She was eating during the interview. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> yeah, uh, Catherine Hahn. I have a bit of a crush on Catherine. Catherine Hahn. Oh yeah, she is so funny. Uh, but there's something sexy about her uh, that does it for me. Step Brothers, Anchorman. Um, she corners uh, uh, John C. Riley in the bathroom. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, she corners him a few times. A couple times, times but... yeah. Just... Oh, this is uh, when they're singing in the car. She's got a smile. But when, uh, when, she's used, when she uses the urinal. Oh, yeah. Sticks her leg up. Stay gold, <laughs> Stay gold uh, pony boy, she says. Uh, so 47 today, and the last birthday I saw is actor Ronnie Cox. You remember him in Beverly Hills Cop? He was the uh, he was the chief of police in Beverly Hills, and also in RoboCop, right? Which I just watched over the weekend. He uh, he's originally I remember him from a TV series called Apple's Way, which was a spinoff of the Waltons. He played like the nicest, sweetest dad. Compare him to the character he plays in RoboCop, who's Wait, the worst. Does he play the head of the corporation? Uh, he, well, he's he's the one who um, uh, he's he's the main nemesis at the end when he gets fired and that allows RoboCop to shoot him. Yeah, right. that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, 
So he's how old? Uh, he's 82. All right. He's all also right. in Deliverance. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yep. He's the one who plays the guitar. Yep, yep. That's right. I forgot about that. All right, happy 82nd birthday. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question, and it is a musical one. What uh, soundtrack will you find this piece of music that we use for our traffic bed? What movie is it from? 215-263-WMMR. I'm going to go to John, see if he knows the answer. Hey, John, how you doing, bud? Great, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet, man. John, what soundtrack will you find that piece of music on? How about Ocean's Eleven? You are correct. Yep, hang on, John. It's a scene when uh, you find out that they're they're dressed as the SWAT team leaving the casino. Yeah, yeah. And they're packing up the money and taking off, and that piece of music plays. I was watching Ocean's Eleven one night, and I'm like, Casey, there's tons of music we could use. From this yeah. for commercial, I mean, for uh, uh, traffic and stuff like that. So have you, grab that one. Have you ever seen the original with Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and the Rat Pack? No. Yeah, uh, it's, I it's great. It's it's cheesy. It's totally cheesy. Yeah, but it's great. All right, so we are going to set John up with a 24-karat gold dip rose from Steven Singer Jewelers. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you, and you can visit IHateStevenSinger.com. All right, a bit of a bombshell from Kim Kardashian. She's speaking out for the first time after her husband, Kanye, posted a series of disturbing tweets this week, many of which alluded to Kim and her mother, Chris, uh, which we talked about yesterday. On Monday, he had deleted tweets alleging that Kim and Chris tried to lock him up. And then he later deleted tweets sent Tuesday claiming that he was considering divorce. This comes uh, following Kanye's launch of a presidential bid earlier this month. And on Wednesday morning yesterday, the mom of four took to Instagram story asking fans for compassion as she publicly addressed her husband's diagnosis for the first time. She said, as many of you know, Kanye has bipolar disorder. Anyone who has this or has a loved one in their life who does knows how incredibly complicated and painful it is to understand. I've never spoken publicly about how this has affected us at home because I'm very protective of our children and Kanye's right to privacy when it comes to his health. But today, I feel like I should comment on it because of the stigma and misconceptions about mental health. Those that understand mental illness or even compulsive behavior know that the family is powerless unless the member is a minor. Uh, people who are unaware or far removed from this experience can be judgmental and not understand that the individual themselves have to engage in the process of getting help no matter how hard family and friends try. She said, I understand Kanye is subject to criticism because he's a public figure and his actions at time can cause strong opinions and emotions. He is a brilliant but complicated person who on top of being an artist and a black man who experienced the painful loss of his mother and has to deal with the pressure and isolation that is heightened by his bipolar disorder. Those who are uh, those who are close to Kanye know his heart and understand his words sometimes do not align with his int- intentions. So a friend of mine uh, years ago growing up, uh, her husband was bipolar. And she was always in this conundrum that Kim Kardashian is describing where, she, she, you know, they they tried to keep it private, but she always was kind of having to do. And, and uh, your heart went out to the guy. He was the nicest guy, but he would have these massive swings. Mm. And and she was always kind of in that perpetual damage control state. Mm-hmm. And it, it just it, it just tore them apart. They eventually got divorced. But but I mean, it's a stress. It's a strain. She said, uh, living with bipolar disorder does not diminish or invalidate his dreams and his creative ideas, no matter how big or unobtainable they may feel to some. 
Uh, that is part of his genius, and as we have all witnessed, many of his dreams have come true. Were the, were the warning signs present, Preston, with Poopity Scoop? Uh, I, maybe <laughs> she didn't see it, but I yeah. think so, yes. We as a society talk about giving grace to the issue of mental health as a whole. However, we should also give it to the individuals who are living with it in times when they need it the most. I kindly ask that the media and public give us the compassion and empathy that is needed so that we can get through this. Uh, thank you for those who have expressed concern for Kanye's well-being and your understanding. Um, I, I don't think they're going to get the privacy that they want. No. Uh, they live a very public life, and in fact, he quite often throws it all out there for the world to see. So, And they live on the TV. Yeah, exactly. they, have, they have 14 different reality shows associated with what they do. I, 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 I They're going to get divorced, I think, eventually. Uh, but she signed her message as Kim Kardashian West. A source told Page Six that contrary to rumors, there's no conversation about divorce at this point mm. in time. But when you got children involved mm-hmm. and it gets really hairy, it's you know it, it can be hard. So we'll have to see. Amber Heard. Now oh, here we go again. Took the stand on Wednesday in London's High Court, testifying against uh, Johnny Depp. The case against the son. You know all this stuff. And she shocked everyone by saying she made up everything. Uh, no, she didn't. No, she didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> she said she saw signs of deep cuts on Depp's body and claimed they had discussed them during their relationship. She said his body is covered in scars. I asked him about it. He told me various stories of doing it to himself when in pain, and he couldn't handle it anymore. Mm. His body is full of these scars. I saw him do it to himself or threaten me with it sometimes. She also denied harming herself, saying that the scars on her arm appeared when Johnny attacked her in Australia and pinned her to a counter covered in broken glass. Wasn't there the audio of him uh, begging her to cut him on his chest? Right. Uh, she said that she also saw him stub a cigarette out on his cheek when he was high. Uh, she said I was standing right in front of it. It was deliberate. He put it out on his cheek and screamed at me how much he didn't feel it because of how much pain he was already in. He was trying to justify taking drugs. There was uh, footage of him coming out of the courtroom or going into the courtroom the other day, and he's dressed like the like Where's Waldo. He he looked like that. This bizarre red and white stripes. Red and white stripes. <laughs> like, I didn't see that. Yeah, wow, this is weird. Uh, she also testified that Johnny threw thirty bottles at her like grenades during what she had referred to as a three-day hostage situation. Incoming. As uh, she said, we're <laughs> we're in an argument about whether he was going to drink the liquor. Uh, she told the court. Uh, a makeup artist for her also recalled seeing bruises on her face when she was set to appear on the Late Show with James Corden. Melanie Inglesias. Inglesias uh, testified that Heard told her Depp had tried to suffocate her with a pillow, headbutting her and pulling out chunks of her hair. Oh. Mind you, this case is not. This isn't. This is over this tabloid. Right. The, the tabloids. Depp is suing the tabloid for claiming he's a wife beater. That's the whole trajectory yes. of this course. All of this stuff, which seems like they're battling themselves, each right. other in court. No, it's just in support of the, his case <laughs> against the paper. It seems like they're in court, so they're like, nah, we might as well air Let's everything. Let's go for it. Yeah. yeah. Everything that we know about one another. you pooped in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, Depp previously admitted to headbutting her during that fight, but he said he was trying to prevent her from assaulting him. Uh, and according to the makeup artist, she said, uh, I recall her left eye being a little more bruised than the right. I remember the bridge of her nose being a little red and swollen. And I remember a cut or scab on her lip. <laughs> All right. So it continues. It continues. I think they're going to patch it up. That's I what so. I think. Well, I, I think so, they're going to get back together. It's clearly yeah. a love situation. Yeah. 
Alex Trebek clarified yesterday that he would not, quote, stop all treatment for his stage four pancreatic cancer if his current regimen fails. After a quote from his new memoir about ending his treatment was widely shared last week. We talked about this yesterday. And he said uh, yesterday and later in the day in a statement, I feel the need to clarify my quote. If my course of cancer treatment does not continue to work, I would consider stopping treatment. That quote from the book was written before my current regimen, uh-huh. and I was going through some bad times. Right. Uh, so rather than stop his treatment entirely, he said he would undergo chemotherapy again. Go back to the original treatment that worked so well for him, correct? Uh, yes. Well, he's on this other immunotherapy. He said, my current numbers are very good, but we will have to be patient with this new immunotherapy program that I am on. He said it's been very effective in the treatment of mobile sclerosis, mm-hmm. Preston. Very good. I didn't even know he yeah, had that. Yeah. But if... It were to stop being successful, I would return to my previous chemo treatment, not stop all treatment. I apologize for any confusion and want everyone to know that I am optimistic about my current plan and thank them for their concerns. He's so good. And and they were actually uh, specifying how they, they're actually, I, from what I understand, it seems they've started at least the construction of the set with the, with the contestant separation and have done a, a a test or two on filming new episodes of okay. Jeopardy. So, and it's an easy show to adapt for the the COVID situation. The thing is, in his condition, you just have to make sure he's really separated. Alex is currently doing well in this experimental immunotherapy treatment. A rep said it is the same treatment that former Senator Harry Reid, who is now in remission, followed for his own stage four pancreatic cancer. He said they do a blood test to see what my CA nineteen numbers are, and the CA nineteen numbers are an indicator of how your pancreatic cancer is progressing. Eight weeks ago, the numbers were at about 3,500, and now they're below 100, so I'm going in the right direction. Wow. Oh, man, I hope so. What a reason for hope. I mean, you hear the words stage four, and then you hear the words pancreatic cancer, and you you just expect the worst. But then Harry Reid is going, uh, you know, Harry Reid was massively dinged up before pancreatic cancer, so the fact that this is going that way. Seems to be working. Yeah. It's amazing. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Michael Douglas had zero complaints about quarantine, she told the Today Show on Wednesday. Uh, the pair shared daughters, uh, Carrie's and son, Dylan, uh, who both of whom uh, bunked up with them. Uh, she said, it was lovely. Uh, first of all, <laughs> she said, I'm a bit of a homebody anyway. I love my four walls. There's things that I can do for hours in my house, and I'm very complacent, very happy. But Michael and I were kind of early empty nesters because our son Dylan's off at college and our daughter Carrie's uh, goes to school in Europe. So all of a sudden, they descended on back into our home, and it was just wonderful. It was just breakfast, lunch, and dinner all together. Look at that at the Douglas's house. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting because... I am looking at the conditions that we have to be in, and I actually am enjoying the kind of closer family time that yeah. we're having. It's it's kind of nice. You know? yeah. There aren't all these activities going on, so trying to look at a glass half full type of thing that we if are you, getting to spend more time together. If you have the wherewithal, if you have the resource, if you're not worried about other things that can impact you, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, a lot of people have said that, that it's a good way to get back in touch with your family. Yeah, I t- Other um, people are saying, I can't stand my family. <laughs> well, and that sucks. If you can't yeah. get along with your family and you're stuck together, that's, right. that's really terrible. But yeah, Press, I mean, our whole spring w- would have been just teeming with activity, you know, all different sports and, you know, arts and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And it really slowed us down and kept us all together. And, I mean, still, we're we're not at each other's throats. Right. Of course. Yeah. And also you get to, 
you've been working too, so you haven't been you haven't been at home all the time, right? Which helps too. Yeah, but I'm talking about like my uh, everybody else that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, home. that's the yeah. same thing. Rochelle yeah. and the kids are at home all the time, but it's been all good, so uh, we're happy about that. Uh, at 99 years of age, Prince Philip is not frequently spotted in public, especially after retiring from official royal duties during the pandemic. He self-isolated with Queen Elizabeth at Windsor Castle, who still stayed in the public eye. The Queen it's recorded been great. Uh, the Queen recorded uh, televised addresses and released photographs from her work at home. We hang out all day. I do jigsaw puzzles and make drum videos. <laughs> But Philip has been popping up quite a bit uh, as of late. First, he attended his granddaughter, uh, Princess Beatrice's wedding on Friday. So he was at that? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Where the hell do they have him? And then on Wednesday, he held a ceremony to mark a the transfer of one of his official military title, titles, the Colonel-in-Chief of the Rifles. He had to give back his tank. He handed this over to the Duchess of Cornwall, who is married to his son, Prince Charles. Give me the uh, rifle. Uh, Camilla has been the Royal Colonel of the 4th Battalion of the Rifles since 2007. How cool is that? 99 years old. It'd be cool to have one of those titles. And it, Obviously, we have our radio credits, but what if you were the 4th Colonel of the Rifle Regiment? Battalion of yeah, Rifles? Yeah. be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Uh, meanwhile, Beatrice is eager to start a family with her new husband, Eduardo Mapelli Mozzi. A source tells Us Weekly, B can't wait to have kids of their of her own. She's I want to start a family. Planning to start a family with Edo very soon. <laughs> was that Gary? It was Gary Lauer. The British. What if there is a sort of uh, Prince and the Pauper Gary Lauer oh situation God. where he is an exact duplicate of one of the royals? Oh my God! The royal Lauer. Yeah, yeah Royal Lauer. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Gary Lauer. Uh, the wedding came together just two weeks ago. I have my jam back. I have it made in Switzerland, and it's shipped in daily. <laughs> well, my jam's my teeth. How different we are. We have not heard from him I in know. a long time. Maybe they've switched places. It's possible, but I think we also... Maybe he comes in here with a monocle next time. I think we also need a, uh, we need a, a wellness check. From Gary Lauer, mm. because it's been some time. So It's uh, so good to be here with my family. I'll put the word out and see if uh, Gary can call in. Uh, one more quick story. Um, Clint Eastwood is taking aim at two companies that have used his name to promote CBD products without his content, making clear that the 60-year Hollywood veteran has never been involved in the cannabis business. So what are they using, just his picture, or are they actually saying he is a customer? Well, in federal lawsuits on Wednesday, among the first against ingest- I'm tripping balls. ingestible, <laughs> I see seahorses. Oh no! It's like a seahorse party. You <laughs> seahorse. It's like a seahorse captain. Uh, so I want to know you're wondering whether there's. Four or five seahorses. Uh, among the first against ingestible health supplement companies for faking celebrity endorsements. What is this, seahorse captain? Was seahorse seashell party? <laughs> Eastwood uh, <laughs> seeks damages in a jury trial over his right of publicity and for trademark infringement. You know who's come out against CBD stuff is, of all people, Tommy Chong. What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I, 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 I saw an article. It was a small blurb, and apparently he had a bad... Nick, if you could look it up, he had a bad physical reaction to it. You'd figure if a guy has been put through the test process, it'd be Tommy Chong. 
Oh, I'm King of the Trees. I'm the Tree Meister. I'm the King of the Trees. I'm the Tree Monster. I count on them. Well, sometimes I brag. I like to steal. Yeah, right. You're my best friend. Yeah, right. I, you are. <laughs> Uh, while not offering a view on CBD itself, Eastwood's lawyers are seeking millions of dollars worth in damages uh, sufficient to deter unlawful conduct by defendants in the future. Uh, the Oscar-winning actor and director is the latest in Hollywood to fight back against companies using their images to create what look like real articles or ads involving the stars only to funnel consumers to products that they have nothing to do with. Yeah, it's the clickbait. You see yeah. it all the time. Uh, last November, Sandra Bullock <laughs> and Ellen DeGeneres filed similar suits against different beauty companies for claiming the stars used their products to keep them looking young. I showed you one two weeks ago, Press. It says Hollywood lost a legend. It's a picture of Ellen DeGeneres. And it has nothing to do with, you know, it, oh, it, it's... Or there's one that's a great one that's making the rounds right now. Uh, the most amazing road in America, and you see this road, and on each side is the is water, and on one side is like a blue whale. Yeah, I mean, it just it's the most outlandish where, stuff. Where the water's coming up over the road, right? Right. You would think that the whales are gonna, yeah, whatever. Uh, but these are actual advertisements. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. And products. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I don't believe that at all. Horses, man. Yeah, right. Uh, the 90-year-old Eastwood rarely grants third-party licenses, reserving the exploitation of his personality rights for business ventures in which he is personally involved, his lawyer said. He still sells his personal line of Snuggies, though. In their filings on Wednesday. He's, he's a like Snuggie. a blanket you can wear. Wow. Uh, in one case, Eastwood sued Florida-based Nork Innovations Incorporated, California nonprofit CBD Green Labs, uh, Mabsit Life and Michigan-based Natural Stress Solutions for using a celebrity to drive traffic to websites without his consent. And Blue Emu, because you don't stink. Uh, Eastwood's company, uh, Garapata LLC. Huh? But yeah, I don't know what that name is all about, but that's his LLC. Uh, filed a similar lawsuit against another group of businesses, including Delaware Incorporated Sierra Labs. So somebody out of Delaware is trying to scam on him. A lot of businesses, uh, well, you most, right, we incorporate in Delaware for yeah, tax purposes. Tax purposes, yes. California-based uh, Grindios and Arizona's 4-Hour Vets LLC. They created a false, defamatory, and wholly fabricated news article to sell and promote CBD products, according to the filing. Hey, so, kids, rock and roll. I couldn't find anything on, on uh, Tommy Chong and uh, him being huh. against CBD. So All right. I, I don't know where, where you saw that, Steve, but... Um, yeah, he he's very, fake CBD news. Well, I mean, he's very uh, a huge proponent of medical and yeah recreational marijuana. That's what shocked me. And obviously, CBD is not marijuana. It's right? The, it, there's no THC in most right, CBDs. Right. All right. Uh, anyway, we have some clips to play, so we're going to get to those now. An NSA agent teams up with a computer analyst to help form a new UK-based cyber crimes unit in intelligence. And in this clip, David Trimmer compares his recent projects to the success that he had with friends. One thing I, I guess I would say in terms of that that bar that was set so high on friends is the, the collaborative spirit on that set. And so I do try to make sure that at least whatever show I'm going to sign up for has that same spirit, that kind of collaborative spirit and as much as possible, no ego on set. And luckily, that's what I found with uh, Nick Muhammad, who, who writes this show, Intelligence. Shut up, dummy. Uh, Intelligence is streaming now, and you can find that on Peacock. He recently answered the question, you know, the, the age-old question the from break. friends on the, yes, whether they were on a break. Yeah. And he firmly believes that Ross was on a break. That's right. Yes. He stands by it. Stands by it. I think he was. I think he was, too. Next clip. 
A teenage sorceress encounters a young knight on her quest to find an ancient sword in Cursed. In this clip, star Catherine Langford admits to keeping props from the set. There's definitely a lot that I wanted to take from set. It was actually a piece of armor, but we made it out of leather, so it's a bit more fitted. But at the end of the show, the amazing costume department that we have that made all those costumes, they gave me one of Nimue's signature woven belts. And a couple of weeks after we wrapped, had this big package arrive on my doorstep, and it was the swords. Shut the f*** up! (laughs) Cursed is streaming now on Netflix. You can see it there. Hey, you've been, you know, you were, uh, you were talking about looking for some new shows to watch. Have yes. you watched the Witcher series uh, with Henry Cavill? No. On Netflix? Witcher? Yeah. Uh-uh. Any, I, I've, I've heard. I watched the first two. Okay things about it. It's pretty good. Yeah. I am. It, it's sort of Game of Thrones-ish. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm more selective these days about what I'm really going to delve into. And there was another one called, like, The Warrior Nun. I gave it an episode. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. You have to be. Look at all the new stuff that's coming out. We got the the boys returning. We have the Umbrella Academy. All this stuff is coming out. I'm excited about that. February 1980, ACDC vocalist Bon Scott dies at 33, throwing the band's future into uncertainty. But just five months later, on July 25th, in rock's most amazing comeback, ACDC releases Back in Black. All weekend, 93.3 WMMR celebrates the 40th anniversary of the seventh best-selling album of all time. It's an MM Artist Weekend with ACDC. All the tracks from Back in Black, plus every fan favorite from the Bon Scott and Brian Johnson eras. We'll also pull out some killer live ACDC material for this week's Saturday Night Concert Series, starting Saturday at 7. ACDC, this weekend's featured MM artist from the station that's been playing them since day one. 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. A little bit later on this morning, uh, Kim Fields will be joining us. Uh, Tutti from, uh, uh, what's that? Uh, Facts Live. I was thinking Saved by the Bell for some reason. No, but it's the Facts Live. Saved by the Tutti. Saved by the Tutti. That'd be a great show. Yeah, man. I love that name. A combination. She was in uh was it different strokes too? Or am I th- am I just mixing Mrs. Garrett in there? Uh, I think it was just Mrs. Garrett. Okay. Because yeah. she didn't get to the school until after she was with the uh uh, the gang in different strokes. All right. Anyhow, glad we cleared that all up. <laughs> the cooling caravan is headed yeah. out on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, our friends from Duncan have gotten together with us to spread the love of iced coffee, getting your day started right. And of course, with the heat, we could use any kind of an ice drink, but a little bit of uh, caffeine to get your day started is part of the whole thing. So, we had asked uh, various crews to let us know where they're working outdoors in the heat and we can swing by with the caravan and we're going to go to our first location and the captain of the ship this morning is our own programming assistant connor hey good morning hey how you doing connor good all right where are we where are we starting off the uh president steve cooling caravan this morning so we are in lovely newtown square pennsylvania um at delaware county christian school Okay. Or Delco Christian, as I know it. Case, you know where that is, right? I do. Well, there's a couple of different campuses. I believe you're on the Malin Road and the, oh, geez, I'm drawing a blank. Begins with a G. Uh, get, no. Connor? 
Any idea? I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, don't know. Nah, I, just, I don't know. He's just making the call, man. Uh, Get off his back. All right. Anyhow, so so you're on location, Connor? Yes. So we are Nick Falcone and Sons Construction Company. Okay. Um, they are laying down a brand new turf field for the facility. Um, my girlfriend used to work at Delco Christian a couple years ago, and she said they were talking then about putting a new turf in. And a couple years later, they're finally doing it. So, All right. Excellent. Uh, and who are we speaking to that's uh, working on the site? Brett. Okay. Is uh, Brad? Are you on? Yes, I am. Hey, Brad! How you doing, Brad? Pretty good. How you doing this morning? Doing good, man. What's your job with the gang there? I run the loader, actually. Uh, I want to run a loader. (laughs) So do I, man. Dude, Brad, how much fun is that? Honestly, I mean, I know it's work. I know it's work, but you know, you got to have fun while you're doing work. Absolutely. Nice. Could you load something for us? (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, I could. <laughs> uh, Brett, did you email in about having us come by? Yeah, I did. I did it for my uh, labor guys. Actually, I'm in the loader in the AC, but they're only dying in the heat, so I figured I'd give them a break. All right. How many guys are, are working on the site with you? Uh, there's seven of us. Okay. And uh, how long is this project going to be going on? Uh, we should be out of here by the end of August. Wow. Well, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. in time Just for things to cool cool off. <laughs> Um, but listen, it's nature of the business. Yeah, you, got, yeah. you guys work hard. You're in the heat and uh, and all that. So we wanted to just, you know, give you a little bit of, uh, of relief if we can and a good start to your day. So hopefully the guys are going to enjoy what we have for you. And we're obviously trying to be safe about it with, uh, you know, the restrictions and so on. But uh, just dropping that off to say uh, thanks uh, for doing what you do. Yeah, and- uh, yeah we appreciate it. I have a question about the turf fields because, listen, they're expensive, right? They're, I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to lay down these turf fields. What do you do with the old turf? Does that get recycled? Well, this was actually just uh, an old pond that they put topsoil over. So we actually saved all the topsoil to sell to other people, and uh, we put all the stone and everything back in. Did you say it was an old pond? Yeah, it was an old pond years ago they filled in. Okay. All right, so they're just putting down a brand new field. Okay. Yeah, brand new field, yep. Nice. Gotcha. Excellent. Well, listen, Brett, enjoy uh, this little token from us and uh, and Duncan, and, and we hope you guys stay cool, okay? All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. That's it for Brett and yeah. Connor. I love that. And Connor's going to head to the next stop with Duncan and uh, just helping out some people this morning, a handful of uh, locations. That's all we can get to. Uh, but uh, we appreciate everybody who did text and wanted to be a part of it. Even though it's a little overcast, it is warm out there oh, and yeah. steamy. Yeah, the, the humidity is going to continue uh, today. And speaking of crews working outdoors, and Marissa, listen up because this concerns you. I got an email from a guy named Ben, Ben Marquardt, and he said, uh, Get freaking Zooks, morning show crew. I've uh, been listening as often as I can since 2012. I work for a bridge and highway construction company. Travel a lot for my job. Most mornings I listen on the app. Uh, You guys are 100% top-notch and definitely deserve all the awards and accolades Uh that you get. Yesterday, when Marissa was talking about the weekend shutdowns on 76 in the city from 30th Street uh, to South Street, it made me chuckle to hear the aggravation in her voice. (laughs) He said, I work with the crew that's been doing the resurfacing, and I have some good news, bad news Uh, For the Philly traveling public, he said, to the best of my knowledge, we finished eastbound last weekend. And he wrote, yay. Uh, He says, this weekend, 
We're going to start westbound with oh, a man. very aggressive approach. He said there will be weekend and nightly shutdowns, so that is going to happen, which sucks. Wait, and to their credit, though, I, I know Marissa was mad yesterday. They've they announced this, like they've they've yeah. put it out exactly when they're going to close, so yes. that you, people know they're being good about it. And he also said we're going to try to do uh, try to do over the next two weeks on westbound what we worked on for the last two years on eastbound. Uh, evening storms will add delays. This is the bad part to the schedule. But basically, he said, thanks to COVID-19, with nothing going on at the stadiums, we've been able to give up every weekend for the last few months to try and get this project yeah. finished. Um, so it's actually, it's been helping. And yet uh, pandemics get bad press. With road construction. Mm-hmm. He said, please stay patient. It will soon be over. He said, sorry, Marissa. <laughs> and he also said, don't be mad at the crew working uh, because the state sets our schedule. He said, I'll talk to them about adding more lighting through the tunnel. <laughs> there you go. Yes. There you go. That's Thanks necessary. for the awesome mornings. You guys rock. And that is from Ben Marquardt. So thank you, Ben. We appreciate hey, it, man. What's the, t- the tunnel over by the airport that... Um you know that when you go through, it's like cool, crazy. Get Fort Mifflin? No. crazy. It's around that area. There's a, like a tunnel. I know what you're talking about. And it it's is crazy bright. Yeah, it's it's super lit up. Yeah, I don't usually take that way to the airport, but right. I have been through that one a couple times. But they they have a <laughs> lot of lights. And in you that drive place. through, you're like, what the f is going on? Well, really quickly, Ben, thank you, and um, I'm happy because that just means that my entrance is open. Most of this frustration has come because of the uh, eastbound. Entrance to 76 is closed, but you don't know it until it's too late because yep. there's no signs. So really, I'm mad at not the guys working on the uh, road work down down below, but the road up up top. Are you talking upstairs. about over by 30th Street Station? Yes. 20th uh, to get over? Or yep. JF, JFK? Yeah. Yep. You're going on Wanna Street towards University yeah. City, and you're like, ooh, la di da di da I'm going to get to it. Suddenly, you can't turn, and then you have to drive all the way through University City. And you're also not like you're, it's you're not killing the messenger right and so i consider right. like ben or anybody that's actually working in the construction there to be the messenger it's not you we're not mad at you we're nah. mad at the situation and i ran into the same problem way and apparently Beans? what happened what happened to <laughs> ways <laughs> what happened to me last week yeah. uh, marissa is is ways got me started there before the construction you uh-huh. said they shut it down at noon uh-huh. so by the time i got to 76 yeah uh, they were like, oh, no, you're going to do... And so I ha- ended up having to go all the way around in through, like, Lemon Hill and that oh, yeah. park back there. And- oh, it's not yeah. pretty, though. If you get off right at the zoo and you drive down there... Never yeah. take it out on the work. You know, I, I feel so bad. Like, the, the dude holding the, st- <laughs> the sign, stop and slow, th- those mm-hmm. poor guys... And I always wave to them, like, hey, hey, just to pep them up a little bit yeah. because I feel it's a thankless job. I wonder, because I do the same thing. Yeah. I wonder if they're going, hey, 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 jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> the guy right here on uh, St. Asaph's the other day was very nice. He waved at all of us who were well, saying it. Nice. But, Casey, yes. And then it gets you around down Lemon Hill. And then suddenly they start milling Eakins Oval. So you can't get through <laughs> there, too. So you oh have to go God. all the way through Spring Garden Street to what? get around. I like, think they're, they're stepping it up because of yes. uh, less traffic and. And, you know, that's good. I mean, if they try to try to get as much work done as possible right now while the volume is lower, then it's going to help in the long run. So we'll see. By the way, some interesting things have been taking place uh, because of uh, COVID-19, obviously, like the uh, the change in the, uh, uh, you know, the traffic work that's being done or the, the road work. Uh, it's apparently placed a also a heavy burden on the Venice 
tourism industry. Yeah. Venice, Venice, Italy. Right. But as it emerges from lockdown, (laughs) the city is attempting to ease another load from the shoulders of its gondoliers. Okay. So a new restriction will see the maximum capacity on the city's famous gondolas uh, reduced from six passengers to five. And it has nothing to do with social distancing or any of that stuff. It is because... The average weight of the tourists flocking <laughs> to the destination. No. According to Andrea Balbi, the president of Venice's Gondola Association. I would like a gondola ride, please. <laughs> said over the last 10 years or so, tourists weigh more. Right. And the, the boats and, are sinking, right? And rather, they ha- rather than have them step on a scale before <laughs> they get on, we are limiting the number. Uh, yes, <laughs> the, the challenge uh, applies to Venice's quintessential slim boats. That slither along the small canals. The maximum occupancy in the larger De Parada gondolas, which uh, serve mostly as taxis across the Grand Canal, has also been reduced from 14 to 12. But yes, Steve, uh, (laughs) Valby said that heavier loads often mean that gondolas are taking on water, making it harder for gondoliers to navigate the canal trap. Did you do gondola rides we when did. you were in Venice? My, my sister and I did the gondola ride. It was so cool. We did it at night. Oh, my God. And how romantic. Steve, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was not. Uh, but the the canals that they go through, some of them are ridiculously narrow. Like, you yes. can't, like, it's it's wild that they have these, that these guys know where they're going between these buildings because it's like a freaking maze going through those buildings. Any bridge ducking you had to do? No, we didn't. Okay. We, we were sitting down. All right, so, all right. uh, but uh, maybe the, the guy, I, I know maybe the gondolier had to, but it was really cool. It was, it was something else. I did the gondola at the, um, what is it? What is the, uh, the casino in, uh, the Venetian. Vegas. The Venetian. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Right. That's my closest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, I've been on the gondolas in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty neat. And, and the guy, I remember the guy did not speak English at all. Uh, so he's trying to, to persuade us to, uh, to get onto the gondola. Excuse and... you were pressed an alien. <laughs> <laughs> but he goes, uh, he, he started singing uh, O Solo Mio. Aww. And so we're like, all right. Because we, at the time, we're like, I don't know, it's expensive. I don't know, should we do this or not? Because we had our friend, my, her friend Christina was with us too. And we're trying to pull our money together. And he named the price. And we're like, nah, it's too much. We're walking away. And he starts going, oh, <laughs> And we're like, okay. Uh, he's selling it. And, of course, he's thinking, yeah. Hooked another one. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, hey, I got the bad for you. And as we're going through the canals, at one point, he points up to this house. And he goes, uh, Casa, uh, Casa di uh, Marco Polo. And we're like, oh, it wasn't Marco oh, yeah. Polo's house. It's just some <laughs> building we're going by. And we're like, oh, that's neat. He was playing Marco Polo with you. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. But uh, oh, that, yeah, they, I'm sure they all cool. have a rap. But it doesn't matter, though. I would love to do actual Venice, uh, you know, Venice boat ride. We, we were talking about, you talk about with the, the pandemic and what's happened. Although uh, the water murkiness has started to return as they are opening things back up. Oh, okay. But what was the water level like when you were there? Uh, it, you know, yeah, standard, yeah, standard, okay, yeah. and it and it was murky. It you know, it's you, it it looked dark. It was it was dark water. It's a fascinating city, and yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by so the water table and and how the buildings. So the buildings, <laughs> forgive my ignorance. Part of those buildings have to be underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I would like to see. I've seen the the history of the construction. I mean, they had to dam up those areas and and build and uh, then let the water in. Yeah, yeah. So and and uh, you know, probably in a hundred years, hundred fifty years, uh, a lot of it won't be there anymore. Unfortunately, I guess the number one industry in Venice is sump pumps. Well, right? a, lot, a lot of it is sinking, Steve. They uh, <clears throat> maybe we've talked about this before, but there are these massive like, dams. Isn't the right word, but yeah. like these. These water blockage things out in the uh, the lagoon, past um, the yeah. uh, on the way out to the sea, and they can regulate the amount of water flow coming in and out. They have some in um, uh, the Netherlands as well, because a lot of the Netherlands it are it's literally below sea level. So they have to do these things where there are population centers, and in order to prevent flooding, flooding or catastrophic flooding, they've they've engineering has gotten pretty um, advanced. Did you see impressive. the end of uh, Casino Royale? Uh, yeah. uh, with Daniel Craig, yeah, they have they have one of the buildings that apparently is an actual process that they use where they're floating the building up to redo the foundation of the building. Wow, yeah, wow. Uh, by the way, uh, a gentleman named uh, Raul Ravarato, who is the president of the Association of Substitute Gondoliers, a group of representing group representing less experienced gondoliers, didn't mince his words in a statement. He said, "From some countries, it's like bombs loading on, <laughs> and when the boat is fully loaded, the hull sinks and water enters." He said, going forward with over a half ton of meat on board is dangerous. <laughs> half meat. <laughs> I think any tourist would love yeah. to be referred to as a fat piece of meat. Uh, Do they have the equivalent of Uber gondoliers who have their own, put their own gondolas in the uh, in the water? And, as uh, opposed yeah, yeah. to the taxi-like right, setup? Right, certified. That, yeah, I, I, I'm going to guess no. But <laughs> They don't knows. seem, all right, so are they any thicker or wider, I should say, than a canoe? No, it's about that thin. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how how often people actually capsize. Yeah, tip over and yeah. fall yeah, in there. Yeah, I bet it happens. Uh, Venice is moving toward welcoming back tourists. Earlier this month, the European Union agreed to set a, uh, recommend to a set of recommendations that would allow travelers uh, from outside the block to visit again. But you were, tra- you were tra- limiting the number of gondoliers because we're too fat. <laughs> you were talking about what were you talking about? <clears throat> the guy who who dieted to get on a ride. Yeah, oh, we had this conversation. I yeah. mean, one of the most listen. There are medical situations and people fighting. Will be, I know it's it's tough and 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 it, it's it's an uphill battle a lot of times. So I have every bit of uh, compassion for you, and it, but it breaks my heart. I twice when we were at Universal saw people who were too large to get on the ride, that sucks. and it, that point of recognition always comes when the ride is fully packed yep. and everyone's sitting there looking. Yeah, and it's got to be the most demoralizing thing in the world. Yeah, when you, you know, and, and uh, but they most rides do have a section. That will accommodate, don't they? Or am I incorrect oh, in I thinking? Don't know. I, don't know. I have no idea. Uh, old, yeah, not sure about huh. that, Steve. So, uh, but in Italy, in Venice, uh, keep that in mind. They're going to be trimming up the numbers. By the way, I realize I got a junk drawer full of oh, stories. So we should hey. we should dive into is this. That. The international? That's it is. <laughs> uh, it's well, to the junk drawer. <laughs> the next one is an international. Uh, so, <clears throat> the Satanic Temple is launching a college scholarship for high school students. Yeah. The Salem, Massachusetts-based group said on Tuesday that the... I am the god of Hell College. Yes. <laughs> hell College. <laughs> I even think of that. And I offer you credits. <laughs> uh, You'll get your diploma. <laughs> get a good job. <laughs> you need that sheepskin. <laughs> But ours comes with horns. By the way, those are demons on yeah. the thing in the back. Yeah, they're, but they're like they're, they're his little corpse. They're, they're like snapping their fingers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, um, yes, they, they said Tuesday that the $500 Devil's Advocate Scholarship mm. is open to any 2020 graduate. What are the courses offered? Uh, to apply, students must answer one of two questions. One asks <laughs> what the student has done to promote the organization's tenants and mission. Uh, they advocate for stricter separation of church and state, among other civil rights issues. And the other asks them to describe a teacher who, quote, crushed your spirit, undermined your self-confidence, and made you hate every minute you were forced to be in school. This is like the exact opposite of your teacher appreciation week. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And listen, there were some teachers I hated. Uh, I absolutely hated. And then in hindsight, I'm like, oh. It was me. You're <laughs> uh, the Bob in the morning, and today, don't forget, we're giving away our worst teacher mug. <laughs> <laughs> worst teacher of the year. Coffee. It's actually a goblet full of blood. Uh, the organization's co-founder, Malcolm Harry, says that the scholarship aims to draw attention. <laughs> Malcolm Harry isn't a very demonic name. No. To the problems. Like Mordecai evil. Yeah. You know? Uh, to the problems of compulsory education. Uh, applications will be accepted through August 31st, so you could uh, you could qualify for the Devil's Advocate Scholarship. Listen, there was a there was a um, a course that a lot of people took. If you scour the amount of uh, scholarships and things that are available for the most bizarre reasons, you could actually you could actually get a lot of your college paid for. A lot of people really? don't do the due diligence. Yeah. There, there are a lot of just bizarre things. Scholarships that that also go unawarded, unclaimed. Yeah. yeah. So uh, take a look around if you can. All right. Uh, let me find some other things. I know I have a lot in the drawer. Well, it seems like a lot of uh, people online, particularly on social media, are just awful. Yes, uh, a, it does. <laughs> a lot more uh, so than you come across in real life. A new study shows a possible reason for that. Uh, the research from Michigan State University and California State Universities at Fullerton found that the heaviest users of social media have personalities that enjoy angering and embarrassing other people. <laughs> uh, the researchers found that social media users showing addictive behavior were also more likely to be motivated to be cruel and callous and to use others for personal gain. I believe that 100%. There so are people that I see that will post things that are very pleasant and upbeat and are just trying to be positive, and they get descended on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Press, did you happen to read that thread that I told you about um, where this woman basically, she just pinpointed every type of replier out there? Yeah, reply guys. The reply guys? Yeah. And um, no, and I remember you. They, you told me they were nailing it. Uh, like, yeah, and and there are so many different types of reply people, and you know, it made me like sort of second guess replying to other people's tweets and stuff because I, I rarely uh, reply anything negative because I just don't want to add to negativity in the world. But um, it was just spot on. Like, yeah, you know, you just make like a benign joke or something like that, and then you know, and then there's. 20 different types of reply guys you know well, well actually reply guy you know you got your your facts and figures wrong and then um you know just th- there was a whole there's list different of definitions of, yeah. of the type of reply you'll get nick just pulled up this article uh from fast company that says uh, the headline is people who like embarrassing or angering others find social media more addictive that makes total sense absolutely well, there's your per- playground it's the perfect forum to yes do it. yeah uh, and you, and what it does is, see, that is the last 
well, not the last, but it's a refuge for people who don't want to engage in productive debate. Mm. You can just throw a bomb and run away. There you go. I read an article uh, a year or two ago. Uh, it was an, a writer for Time magazine, and he tracked down people who were trolls and, yes. and trolled him. And it was really fascinating to see when engaged in person how they responded. Was this was this where, 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 was this Time? It was, Ma- it was Time magazine. Okay, because a guy did it in London too. Okay, and went after a virulent. Uh, acrimonious troll, yeah. and the guy was exactly the basement-living dweeb you would have thought. This article pointed out that those trolls exist, yeah. but not all of them are like that. Right. And, and so it was really interesting to see how uh, differently they engage when you remove Twitter from the equation. Yeah. When, you, when you're either dealing with them on the phone or in person uh, or even over text. Yeah. You know, you take Twitter out of it, and people uh, tend to be nicer. And you put them face-to-face, and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, you're dealing with a human now. And Mm-hmm. It's the funny thing is, is that if people could, you know, you need to be reminded of that. You need to think, what would it be like <laughs> if I was talking to this person face to face? Would I be approaching them in this manner? Chances are no. Right. Uh, they noted that uh, these traits are also associated with narcissism and psychopathy uh, and wrote that social media sites unintentionally, quote, catered people who seek rewards from being cruel such as through cyberbullying or various aggressive online behaviors. They also found that a predominant amount of them are are, are very angry gondoliers, Preston. Oh, my God. Well, the people are getting too fat. They're having to push all that meat around. All that meat that gets in the boat. Mm -hmm. All right, one more quick story. Uh, Giving birth is not easy, obviously. But a new study finds that some lucky women have a gene that makes the process less painful. University of Cambridge researchers say about one in 100 women have the KCNG4 gene. <laughs> That's my gene. That's the KC boy 4 gene. <laughs> she's got the KC boy gene. Uh, it, is believed, it is believed to inhibit how pain is processed by the nervous system and so acts like a natural epidural. I know that women um, are there's some there's this dynamic. I, I, I birth it took about twenty minutes, and uh, when the afterbirth came out, it was a, a it was a red velvet cake. Right. <laughs> my and, friend and had, you have had other her women. clothes cut off of her because the baby was coming out. Oh my god! And so you have the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> are women? Are women? I, are they? Are they? Not 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 jealous, but I mean. Uh, it's like shut up from the you know the people oh, from through, the from the guys or well, well, from women who go through the birth like really effortlessly easy. yeah I would imagine they're they're a little bit uh, spiteful I, towards them right you know, or, I mean I can't see why you wouldn't be if you if you went through holy hell if you had to have your clothes cut off listen you. let's just say you're, you you're justified in being angry yes if you had a really painful <laughs> yeah, yeah. delivery and it's somebody okay. else had an easy one so yeah it's okay I also have another friend where uh, Novocaine and any um, like. Uh, Instant pain relief or, or numbing agent doesn't yeah, work on her. Stuff. Doesn't okay. work on her. So she, um, anytime she goes to the dentist, doesn't work. She had, uh, and, and the reason, the way she figured it out was she she had laser eye surgery, and whatever <gasps> numbing, yeah, they used oh, on man. her eye. She said it felt like they were rubbing bricks on her eyes. Oh my. God. And she said she kept telling and them. That's how she found out. That's how she figured it out. And um, because we we were talking wow. about going to the dentist, and I had asked her, and she's like, "You know what? You're right." She goes, "I when I go to the dentist, they give me that, and I still feel everything." Wow, I've never, man, I've never been able to wrap my mind around the women that want to have a natural childbirth. That it's you know, 
Listen, uh, and and if you do, that's fine. God that's, bless. That, that's God bless yeah. exactly. But if if medical science allows you, has this capability, I don't know why you choose otherwise. Put me in a deep otherwise. coma. Yeah, please. Yes. <laughs> Put me in a deep coma. I when, didn't even, when I got my vasectomy, which they fully numb you all the way through, you can't feel anything. I still didn't want to do that. I'm like, knock my ass out. Well, that's why a, they lo- did. a lot of those birthing centers where natural births take place are close to hospitals. W- one, in case of emergencies, right. but like uh, some people will be like, uh uh-uh, uh, I don't want to do mistake. it. Take, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Made a mistake. Yeah. Made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, when I had my prostate surgery, and they, you listen, they put the catheter in while I was under. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, I'm totally down with that. Yeah. Yeah. My wife was telling me, she read this article of this woman who basically, she brainwashed herself uh, into having a, a natural birth. She, cause just because, and it was like. She wasn't I, even pregnant. No, she was pregnant. Oh. So she ended up, um, it, it was, and it has to do with like algorithms, right? And she starts <laughs> doing this research, right? She was. When she first found out she was pregnant, she was going to have a baby in a hospital yeah. like, you know, um, like millions of people do. And the more that she started reading and researching, she ended up going to the opposite and brainwashed herself. She ended up losing the baby oh, as, no. as a result oh, no. because she went to a complete um, pivot to the to the opposite end of everything and went completely all natural and basically, and through Cause, cause the, the, the algorithms, because, you know, that, that's the other thing is that, you know, when you start, like, doing these research, that, you know, like YouTube videos and, you know, they figure out oh. what you're... What you're, you're you talking know. about it, it fed her mm-hmm. more places to go, more resources to, mm-hmm. to resources to find that type of information. Hang on, I got to back up. Yes. The baby was lost because of the type of birth she decided to go through. Uh, so she ended up not even getting going to full term because, like, uh, oh man, I wish I could. What, what were the extenuating circumstances of the baby's mm, death? I know my wife's listening right now, so please send me a text message and and explain exactly how the and the algorithms was it basically like a like a mind over matter, like a mantra through mathematical. Uh, so the I guess regression. However, she was you know her her research was was. And the algorithms on on YouTube or whatever, you know, she was Googling or whatever, sort of led her in this direction of going completely natural. Does that make any sense to Not you guys? Not fully, but I, no, I, I, Steve, I mean, she wasn't she wasn't using what Casey's calling the algorithm to uh, to to right. assist her, and, and it's just she kept seeing more information online saying natural childbirth is a way to go. This homeopathic kind of way. Oh, she was led by the go. algorithm of YouTube that kept supplying exactly. her with with bad more information. information. I yeah. thought she was doing long term. No. No. <laughs> no, no, she wasn't doing math anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I know if, if I move the integer, well, listen, but but loads of people do have natural childbirth and it goes fine and everything's great. Yes. So I no, don't you're want right. to I, yeah. I don't I don't, don't want to say that we're, you know, against that or anything along those lines. I'm just saying pain-wise, uh Some people feel it more than others. Yeah. But, but yeah. pain don't hurt. Pain don't hurt. <laughs> yeah. You uh, idiot. You <laughs> Uh, the researchers found that women who had carried their firstborn child for full term and did not request any pain relief during uh, an uncomplicated vaginal delivery had this gene, the KCNG4. Uh, it's not known if men can also have this gene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. One thing we do know, Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The study. There's really, there's a whole seminar on pain management available to you if you just watch Roadhouse. Yeah. You go all the way from pain don't hurt to finding out how to get the best Saturday night thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. Oh, yeah. At what point during the birthing process are you, if you are going natural and, and doing no pain thing, are, are you um, not allowed to, because you get to a certain point where you After can't. After the fifth birthday. Where you can't get a, a an epidural anymore. Oh, when you can't get an epidural, um, we, how how far into the process? Yeah, there's a, there's a point where they, they can't yeah. offer it to you anymore. Um, I've so, heard that happening to a bunch of people. Yeah. Like my friend who they had to cut the clothes off of her, there was no epidural. Like there was just, I, and that's, that wasn't happening. And to your point is like the, the that regret that, oh, I should have gone for it. It's it's like when you have the chance to go to a buffet and you pass it up. <laughs> it's like, I should have gone. I, was, I should have had that. By the way, somebody texting in saying I, I used the word homeopathic incorrectly. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was just using a general word of a more natural way of going about things. You Homo- homeosexual. <laughs> I, uh, idiot. The homosexual. Uh, homosexual uh, way word I was to have about. birth, which <laughs> is fabulous. Don't come to us for Don't medical ever, knowledge. Don't ever, never yeah. come to us for medical knowledge. <laughs> We're so, going to say what I, we want. I, I yes. just, we just gave Salient's advice about the application of Roadhouse. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. sometimes. That, that's correct. You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. Sometimes pain do hurt. That's the coach. He's coaching his wife giving birth. Pain Uh don't hurt. Sometimes Uh pain do hurt. Pain do hurt. (laughs) By the way, Excuse me, doctor. When do pain hurt? (laughs) It's not known that men can also have the sheen as a study only looked at women as they gave birth. So maybe guys can have the KCNG4. Women are, are more inclined to be Pain tolerant. tolerant, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah. by nature. Nature think, makes sure of that. I think so. My yeah. sister-in-law has done two home births and uh, is about to do a third. And wow. um, you know, uh, all the first two have gone really well, and they get they have a doula, they have somebody come over, and, and a, a midwife as well. So they they follow all of the practices that they need to follow. Does she do it in the uh, like a tub or uh... nope in the bed in the bed? Wow, yeah. Uh, but if anything um, might go wrong, they have a doctor on standby, you know, so that they they take the proper precautions. But for them and Horizon Services, is there well, yeah, for, you know, for air conditioning. <laughs> Everything. Yes. So they do it in the bed. Do they do use the Jerry Romano pee pad? As a, yes, do they, they do. lay that down? Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, they got to clean it's up. Not, it's really terrible. Rubber sheets, I would imagine. Uh, they they will um, destroy the, the sheets that are. Yeah. Used By the afterwards. way, uh, people are, are texting e- either six or seven centimeters dilated is when for epidural. Yeah, you're you're past the epidural. That's, a lot That's of three feet. No, it's not. Stop well, it. I don't know the metric system. I'll tell you yet. what. The water birth always intrigued to me um i know it's it's not legal in i i don't think in pennsylvania but uh in in a bunch of states they don't do it but that always i always thought could uh possibly it, be better well, it, well you the, the the presumption is that you have the uh, you know the, the baby's used to being in liquid and they, you're there and you're submerged and then it, it it seems to be a natural thing that the, the setup for it's pretty cool and okay I, we needed to break like five oh. ten minutes ago oh. but let me let me go to paula here it's got asterisks okay. by her name labor and delivery nurse for 29 years hey paula good morning Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, so I've been a labor and delivery nurse at two Center City hospitals that do a lot of births, and there are lots of women that can do it without pain medicine. Yeah. And it's kind of a subjective thing whether you've oriented your brain to it and is committed to it. Um, there's lots of things that they use. Some people just use, like, pattern breathing. Some people use hypnobirthing, which is becoming very popular. What about a large um, rubber mallet? <laughs> There are lots of people that beg for a large yeah. rubber mallet. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. But um, I personally have had four children, two vaginal deliveries, and then two subsequent C-sections. And my first two deliveries I had with no pain medication, Jeez. long, long labors. I was 
younger than I am now, given the chance with my third child, had he been able to be born vaginally, I absolutely would have gotten an epidural, knowing what I know now. Um, I mean, it is purposeful pain when you're in labor, and it's very uncomfortable, and you can just kind of orient your mind to, like, every contraction is bringing you closer to your baby, and you have a really good supportive partner. I I think I would opt for rectally if I could do it. (laughs) Use the word uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, uncomfortable. Severe pain. Yeah. Wow. Well, but, um, God bless you, man. That's that's uh, it's it's an amazing thing. It's something we can't, you know. I've, who's the comedian who said it's like, you know, it'd be like grabbing a bowling ball, but but it's yeah. it's uh, wow. I mean, it is. I mean, it's a it's a great thing if you can do it. And just to speak to when you can get an epidural. Oh, we lost her. Sorry, Paula. Uh-huh. Something about can't get an epidural. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, women apparently have, uh, some women have this gene, and that's why they can tolerate the pain. All right. All right. All right. Uh, that's all I got in the junk drawer. We do need to take a break. We will come back in uh, just a moment, and we are going to be checking in with Connor in a little bit, who is out with the uh, Preston and Steve cooling caravan and Duncan with some iced coffee. Yeah. People working outside today. It is going to be hot. Keep that in mind. Once again, we do have some afternoon thunderstorms passing through. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, uh, Bizarre File Stories. Here we go. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. All right, this morning it is brought to you by Robin's Diamonds. In tax-free Delaware with thousands of rings and self-serve cases and absolutely no sales tax. percent tax in Philly. Robbins, Delaware Diamonds. We will begin with a jaw-dropping crime. Even in Sin City, this one is a bit odd. A man making off with a humongous dildo. Whoa! <laughs> without paying. And even though the whole caper is caught on camera, it might be tough to nail this guy. The suspect struck in broad daylight, and surveillance footage shows him calmly strolling into the Deja Vu Love Boutique in Las Vegas yeah. and walking out with the massive sex toy slung over his shoulder. How it's massive? Not your average dildo. It stands a whopping three feet tall and weighs 40 pounds and goes by the name Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, man. You can't argue with that. And in the proud tradition of Herman Melville. It's huge. It's almost, it's not even meant for... Is it white? Uh, like the great whale itself? No, no. Oh. Well, I mean, it's it's Caucasian skin tone. Okay. Uh, but it, I wouldn't call it white. Uh, so, <laughs> according to the police report, the guy whose ID was concealed by a face mask uh, crammed the phallus into a white car similar to a Dodge Caliber and made a clean getaway. <laughs> and it's a pretty lucrative haul because uh, Moby goes for $1,200. $1,200 bucks for a dildo? It's huge, Steve. Uh, Deja Vu is now offering a cash reward. Is that like a party platter? Any info uh, leading to Moby Dick's return. So they are looking for that. Well, a woman has been dubbed a Karen and Panera Patty for refusing to wear a mask and throwing a fit inside a Panera Bread, a mask hole, if you will, as we were talking about yesterday, claiming that if people can smell farts through their pants, (laughs) then masks can't prevent the spread of coronavirus. People can smell farts through their pants. They can. Yeah. Uh, the woman was filmed by patron William C. as she stood in line without a mask in Chino, California on Monday. She entered the restaurant without a mask. Staffers provided her with one in compliance with the mask mandate. Uh, the woman appeared indignant and refused to put it on and instead uh, looped it around her wrist. 
Uh, she then brought out her phone to film the bakery employees and said, so you're not going to serve me because I'm not wearing a mask. Well, the man that was filming her behind her replied, no, they're not going to serve you because you're not wearing a mask. That's exactly right. Just put on a mask, you selfish piece of S. Get out of here. Okay. Uh, the outrage. And he was a priest. Uh, the outraged woman turned back to him and said, stop it. The man replied, no, because you're putting us all at risk. And the woman then smiled mischievously and blew air towards William and his friend and laughed as she walked away. William told her, oh, come on. Come on, you child. Grow the F up, lady. The woman then tried to you explain. You can smell farts through pants. Tried to explain her <laughs> viewpoint that she doesn't believe masks are effective in blocking coronavirus, even though the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the World Health Organization say the protective coverings are effective in slowing the spread of the virus. She said, you think that mask is going to protect you? You fart out of your ass and you can smell it out of your ass. All right. <laughs> you think that mask is going to protect you? And then she walked off. Man, she's a really good debater. I'd say this. Even if you don't believe in it, just go in out of respect, get your food, get out, and shut up. Uh, Staffers at the restaurant called security after the woman left the store. Panera issued a statement standing by their mask policy saying the health and safety of our employees and guests is our top priority. To the point of the farts in the ass, (laughs) I yield to our first debater. Uh, Police have uncovered an alleged sex cult in northern Italy whose female followers were brainwashed and abused by a 77-year-old man known only as the Doctor. Officers carried out raids this past Sunday against a group near Milan on suspicion of slavery and sexual abuse. Police say the leader of the cult, who they have not named, used a series of businesses including dance schools, herbalists, craft shops, and a publishing house to lure in vulnerable and often wealthy women who he would then indoctrinate. This is one of those guys, Preston. Yeah, one of those like carry- Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so as part of their indoctrination, they would be subjected to unbearable violence and abuse of all kinds. Police said officers said the group was structured like a pyramid with a cable, a cabal of, of the most loyal followers closest to the doctor uh, with whose with those who expressed skepticism in his beliefs towards the bottom. He is famous for a book called You Can Smell Farts Through Your Pants. The women referred to each other as beasts who were not allowed to know or speak the leader's name. Among those who were most loyal to the godlike figure were psychologists who helped identify other women to indoctrinate. Isn't that amazing? Once involved in the cult, the women would be convinced to sever all ties with their family or else persuade their relatives to join, which is a standard cult procedure. Uh, They would then be put to work for the group with the doctor deciding which job they were best suited for. Some of the women were also given houses, making them entirely dependent on the cult for survival. The doctor would then uh, dictate their movements and who could talk to who, threatening to cut them off if they refused. His belief system was based around Celtic-style mysticism that included magical practices and fairy places, police said. Mm -hmm. Uh, The women were persuaded to submit to sexual abuse and torture that would light their inner fire and grant them access to this magical, fantastic, and secret world. Video released by police uh, from one of the dance schools shows a group of topless women in short skirts dancing in a garden in one such ritual. They have a special proclivity for targeting wounded people. Oh, yeah. And police say the organization was founded 30 years ago uh, and was still active when their raids were carried out, by the way. Uh, Officers have been investigating for two years and being tipped off by a former member who told them how she had been kept as an effective slave. Police have not yet announced any arrests and have not said how many people were involved in the organization uh, or what role they played. Wow, messed up. One last story. Sure. 
All right, we'll go with the, yeah, this one, I guess so. Uh, an armed man in Ukraine held 13 people hostage and demanded the country's president publicly endorse a Joaquin Phoenix film before he'd free them. Hmm. A standoff, Which film? A standoff between the hostage taker identified hmm. as Maxim Krivosh and the police lasted nearly 12 hours. One of the man's demands was that President Vladimir Zelensky tell Ukrainians to watch the 2000 film Earthlings. Or which Space is, Camp. Which is narrated by Phoenix. Oh. Zelensky followed the request, posting on Facebook, and he, he posted, Everybody watch the 2005 documentary Earthlings. And so he followed through on it. Okay. So he later deleted the post. The film examines, examines the use of animals in agricultural and scientific industries and includes hidden camera footage of animals suffering. So that's mainly what the movie is about. All right. Uh, so he, after Zelensky posted that, that uh, the, the dude let him go. Let them all go. He had three hostages. He had let three hostages earlier go earlier in the day. After speaking to the president over the phone, none of the hostages were harmed. Uh, Krivosh had seized a bus and barricaded himself in on Tuesday morning. He posted his manifesto and demands on Twitter earlier in the day, including his demand about earthlings. Uh, and he also asked the government officials and members of the Ukrainian Orthodox Church post messages saying that they are terrorists. By the way, he made everybody on the bus watch that movie while they were on there. Now you have to watch Dish Nation. Uh, after the hostages were freed, no! <laughs> Kravosh was arrested. That's a pretty trippy story. That is incredibly weird, and that yeah. they followed through on it. They did it. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. It's time to fire up the caravan once again. The Preston and Steve cooling caravan from Duncan. It's a little cool love to get your day started right. And we're going to check in at our next site. And we have our programming assistant, Connor, who is on the line once again. Hey, Connor, how you doing, man? I'm good. Doing good. You know, uh, just rain, but it all... Clear it up now, and uh, it's getting hot, so uh, good time for some nice coffee. All right, excellent. And what type of where? Where did you guys head to now? Where are you? So we are in Fraser, Pennsylvania, at the lovely Scepter Railroad maintenance facility. What? Pen, where in Pennsylvania? Frazier. Oh, Frazier. I thought you said Crager. I'm like, I've never oh. heard of Crager. Oh, Frazier. Frazier. All right. <laughs> so you're in Frazier, and uh, so you're at the Scepter Railroad maintenance facility. Okay, nice. And who are we going to be talking to? We're going to be talking to Chris. All right, let's get him on. Chris, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Chris. Hey! hey! How are you, sir? Good, good. Excellent. So listen, uh, tell me what the SEPTA Railroad Maintenance Facility is. What do you guys do over there? We uh, repair, inspect uh, all the trains for all the railroad, and there's other facilities around the railroad also. All the live long day? Yeah. Right. So you guys, so all maintenance on the SEPTA trains, everything, and I assume there's a there's a regular schedule you stay on. So that's yeah, uh, yeah. Wow, that's pretty comprehensive. Hey, reading the email you sent, it, it it mentions the push pull fleet. What is that? Yeah, that's all our the uh, the new engines that we got, uh, the uh, old uh, cars that we had from previous engines we had uh, are the ones that are just pulled. And then you see some of the newer trains that have uh, our uh, training background. Um, <laughs> is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, that are uh, our um, uh, regular, they call them MUs. Okay. Hey, do you have access to a horn? One of those train horns? Uh, 
Yeah, kind of. Oh, could you do it for oh, us? Oh, that'd be All pretty right. cool. Uh, run up there and blow the horn. <laughs> we'll, 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 just tell we'll, we'll, we'll give you some free Duncan. Yeah. You were going to get it anyway, but what the hell. Uh, <laughs> so so you guys are working on the engines. Yeah, some of the engines, and then they, we have a yard here that uh, that he's, my buddy is going to run up and pull the, pull the horn. <laughs> is that technically, are you technically at what they call the like the roundhouse? Uh, no, they were, I don't, they don't really have them on our railroad, but, um, but this is more of a, just a maintenance facility. We have, uh, you know, uh, they have inspections we have to do daily for the trains to run, uh, run, uh, for the FRA. Okay. Uh, regulations. And what, like, if, 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 if it, <laughs> there it is! Yay! Yes! <laughs> Train horns are bad. I, I, I love trains. I love train horns. When a train is past its prime, when a train car becomes unusable for actual uh, passenger travel, do, do they do they ever allow the general public to purchase them? Um, I, I, I believe so. I mean, there has been other like private museums that have bought cars from SEPTA, and and before that, I think it was uh, uh, the rail, the railroad that uh, like pen pen. Uh, Okay. All right. So, but but Um, it it does. There is an option at some point where you could potentially, if you were like a train aficionado and wanted one in a car in your backyard, it's possible, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen where, like you said, the the private railroads have bought cars before and stuff like that. So, all right. Well, we need one. <laughs> it's wild, man. I bet you. Listen, I bet Chris. The people that you meet and they find out what you do always have a lot of questions for you, don't they? Uh, especially when they find out I have a Preston Steve tattoo. They. Uh, oh, what do you have? What do you have, Chris? I have a giant Preston Steve logo on my left uh, shoulder, <laughs> left, left bicep. Outstanding, <laughs> and, you, and you still seem to want to listen to us, even though we <laughs> scarred you. Thank God. All right. Well, listen, man. We're going to set you and the gang. How many people working with you today? Um, it's about 20 today. We okay. have some guys, you know, mark off and stuff, but, uh, you know, you know yeah. All right, everybody's well, still healthy here and stuff. So that's good. Good. good deal. All right. We're going to set you up with the, the Dunkin' Ice coffee. Enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, Chris. It's good to talk to you, bud. And thank you for having you guys come out. Anytime. All right. Thank you. Yay! Thank you, Chris and Connor. Connor will head to the next location and, uh, set the guys up with some, uh, iced coffee. Steve, there's a, there's a restaurant right around the corner from where we live. It's called the Bay Pony Inn. And they train have car. A, they've got a train car I right up it. front. It's cool. It used to be the old the old uh, train car diners you see all over the place. Where they they take them and sit, sit them on adjacent. They build a building attachment to it, and yeah. that's what they would do. There's a place uh, right near Floral and Hardy Cath, uh, or Press. You would probably know because it's your neighborhood better. The Is this ho- still there? Hotel Fisol. Uh, it's got yeah. It's got a, uh, a train car. At- I think uh, it used to be called a trolley stop. I want to say back in the day. Uh, I don't know if if it's a place you're talking about. It's in Skipback. Yeah, I love them. Don't, aren't you fascinated by trains? And that I, I I'm, I'm like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. I love. Yeah, I love trains. You know my my grandfather that I never met. My mother's father worked at a railroad yard and was killed by a train. He oh, was, wow. his back was to the back of a train oh, and geez. a train hit him. Yeah. My grandfather was a train conductor and um a woman was crossing the train tracks and he, you know, he said I, I pulled the brake, I tried to stop, but she just it was an elderly woman and she thought she could get across and she couldn't move fast enough. I wonder how bad that messes up the uh the conductor when it's oh, not yeah, their he, fault yeah. and and somebody just either is committing suicide. He said he could barely finish his dessert. No, no, no. Stop it. Stop. No, he he said it. 
<laughs> no, it lived with him forever. Yeah, you know, yeah of course. Happened. You, it, you it can't let was Nothing he could do. He was screaming out the window at her, and yeah. it just, he had already pulled the brake. And at that point, he just had to wait for the train to stop. That's got to wreck you. Yeah. And Steve, I know we've mentioned it on the air before, but the uh, the train museum in Lancaster is so cool. I've got it's to go. huge. Is it open now, Preston? Do you know? I That I don't know. But it's huge. It's the history of locomotives. They're gigantic. You can get up in them. It's really impressive. Marissa? We talk about learning things too late in life. Uh, it wasn't until I was going antique shopping in Lancaster that I realized that Casey Jones was a real person. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know the story of Casey Jones, but I knew they were a real person. He used I to. Mean- His thing was he had a bet with another engineer how many old women they could run over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know that story. Yeah. Well, I've been singing that Grateful De- Dead song like my entire life. Oh, yeah. really? So, yes, I, yeah. Well, uh, I, if, I have to, in fact, I have to put that on the list, the, yeah. the train right. museum. In fact, the I've been working on the railroad. Isn't Casey Jones mentioned in that song? Maybe. Is he? Uh, you I know, know what Freebird is. See if you can. I'll <laughs> look that up, but it looks like the Railroad Museum of Pennsylvania, Steve, which is on uh, in Gap Road in Bronx, PA, uh, just outside of Lancaster. It does look like it, it's open. It opens at 9 a.m. this morning. And nice. there's a restaurant nearby called Casey Jones. Oh, uh, uh, That's something to do. You know, you I mean, if, you, if you're looking uh, to, to go get away for a moment or two, the, the Locomotive Museum is something to check out. I like that. Uh, um, yeah, Casey Jones. We just did a Corona activity. Uh, an American railroader who was killed when his passenger train collided with a stalled freight train in Vaughan, Mississippi. Uh, and let's see. Here goes through his whole history. This is a um, uh, Wikipedia article. Pull up the uh, working on the railroad. There is something in- inherently historically romantic about it, about train yeah. travel in yeah. general. And I, and I find I find the sheer power of those vehicles, Preston, uh, you know, uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, I've been working on the railroad. All the live, live long, long day. day. Oh, man. No, just pull up lyrics. It's right. Uh, right. Not Wikipedia, but. Well, he looks that up. Steve, I did the Eurostar in uh, from London to Paris, and that train ride was cool. The only bummer about it was uh, I did it at night, both times, on the way there and back, so I couldn't really see uh, how fast we were going. Yeah. But, man, we were cooking. I'd love to, Casey, the, the Japanese bullet train. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do that because it, it apparently at one point goes and you see a flawless view of Mount Fuji. Oh, yeah. Which has got to be amazing. It's just, it was such a smooth ride, too. That that was the uh, other You can see Mount it. Fuji from the Acela, but you got to really string Right, yeah. right. Uh, did you find it? I don't Nick? see Casey Jones in there. Huh. <sighs> okay. We had a hard time finding the lyrics in the first place. Yeah. Huh. Casey Jones is not in there, huh? Well, I thought there was Casey Jones in something I mean, other than the the Grateful Dead song. Perhaps right. Alex Jones? I'll eat um, your ass. <laughs> there's, uh, Whoa. That's Alex Jones. <laughs> there's Dinah. There's Grace. I'll eat your ass. I will. Dinah shows up a lot. Uh, the town Yeah, of Dinah blow your horn. Yeah. Dinah. Only it's spelled horn. Oh, oh, my God. The it's N-word. Dinah blow my horn. Uh, the N-word's in there. Really? Uh, no. Yeah. Right. Are you right, kidding? Hold on, hold on, stop, Nick. Right. De- right here. See it? Yep. Stop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So some songs you only should do the first. <laughs> you do the first uh, chorus. The and other one's gonna yeah. be retired. Yeah. Hang it up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The okay. first verse is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I saw this story uh, that I thought was interesting and that people can uh, relate to, and have probably had a similar incident or two in their lives. Should I get into this? Do we have time? 
Uh, I don't listen. If you want to spend some time on it, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't start now because we kind of have to break. I, I do. If we it's, were talking, it could get potentially it, filthy, it, and we it, like that. Uh, well, it, it has a little bit more legs, but I wanted to ask you guys right, something. We'll, we'll, we'll set that aside. Okay, go ahead. Because um, you had mentioned the railroad museum, and I think yes. that makes a lot of sense. You know, people have they they love. Everything the loving of life. Well, listen, toy trains, regular yes, trains, freight trains, I do. all that. Yeah. But I, I passed a museum the other day, and I'm like, who the freak goes in there? Okay. And it, it was on Pacific Avenue in Wildwood, and it was the it was the Wildwood History Museum. And I'm like, what? And it was like basically in like a it was like a storefront. And I'm okay. like, who? Like, what kind of money? Do they generate? But you know, who's like, hey, kids, we're going to Wildwood History Museum. I, I don't understand how museums like that, and there are probably a ton of museums all, all across the country that I have no idea how they stay open. It depends. Okay, so and and I'll I'll cite as an example, uh, and he's probably one of a rare breed, Neil Peart from Rush. Right. When they were touring all this, you know, in their earlier days, they toured all around uh, the countries, uh, you know, north north all around North America mainly. And uh, he would make it a point that in the town they would stop in, two places he would go to, local library and a local museum. Okay. Because he had a thirst for history and knowledge and, and what is this community about and what can I learn from this. So, and in order to stay open, you've got to have more than like so Neil Peart. So a, a friend... Right. A friend of mine is, uh, she basically owns a historical site and she's the, I don't know, director or head or whatever of the historical society. And uh, the oldie porn hub. No, but it is money. <laughs> <laughs> it's money out of her pocket every single year. Really? It's a lot of money out of her pocket and she does it because she wants the site to remain historical okay. and she doesn't want them to knock down what's there and build on it. They do nothing with it. It's not something that you can go visit. So they're not generating any money at all. She does it for the love of it and 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 the importance of it, correct? Yep, that's exactly. What so it is. in these things, I think like I'm fascinated by. I would go to the Wildwood Historical Museum just to take a look at what's there, especially if I'm familiar with the area. There are a number of books you see them sometimes. Believe it or not, the true value hardware stores carry them at the register. I know what you're talking about. Roxborough, Maniac, yeah. every yep. town with archival photos. Yep. And I, I love. Yes, yeah, so I, do I. I have one for Phoenixville, and I have one for where I used to live, and one for Wayne, which is where I've been living for the last few years. All right, I have a, a question because those are those. Those can be nice gifts for someone, you know, right. a, a friend who lives in that area. Right. Here you go. Here's the history. I get, I, I, I flip through it, and then that's it. I yeah. don't actually read it. It's a bathroom book. Do people, you look at the pictures. Do people read it? I look at a few of the pictures. Yeah. Wow, okay, yeah, that's what it used wow, to look like around a, here. No, no way. Hey, nice. Wow. And then I never look at it again. Never again. Uh, but there's interesting information yeah. in there, you know? I mean, we actually have our, our neighbors uh, from Annie Young, Phil and Leslie, got us. They went to um, the town hall in the registry, I guess, and got the plans, the town plans, a copy of the town plans of where our house currently is in Mount Airy. And to see... That's you know, pretty from, cool. I yeah. mean, it is. And we, we want to get the perfect frame for it and everything. I mean, listen... Don't let history get lost on you, and, and you sure. know, we're especially living here with all this stuff. It's fascinating. I mean, I, I, I guess some people don't give a rat's ass. That's fine, but well, but I do. The town that I grew up and in, and I love trains. Yeah, uh, the town that I grew up in is you know, you know hundreds of years old, and, and the houses there were built in. This you is know, Rutledge, right? Rutledge, yeah. So they were built in the you know eighteen hundreds and stuff like that. And okay, so here's a dumb question. When did like photographs actually? Um, when when were they invented? 
I think it was 200 B.C. Okay. Uh, All right. No, so, I, I, Case, I couldn't tell you when, Civil War. when Civil War, photography yeah. became kind of widespread. I'm not sure when it was, um, you know, common for people to have uh, right. cameras. So there are pictures of Rutledge, like, basically when pictures first. Is, that's amazing. <laughs> that's cool, You man. know, there actual photographs around that time, I have... It's a Blu-ray disc. It's 3D photographs. Yeah. Because 3D has been around for an incredibly long time. There are 3D photographs of the White House being rebuilt. Um, You know, you're you're talking way back, 1880, 1875. uh, You know, however however long cameras have been around, that process has been around. And to see something with depth of that age is a mind blower. And when you when you go through right. the town that I grew up in, like uh, you know, none of the houses have attached garages because when the houses were built, cars didn't weren't invented. Their satellite dishes were made out of wood. That's yes. crazy, yes. Casey. This is just you wondering about, out loud about how you know museums like that can stay open. This person texted and said, "I wonder the same thing about rug stores. How the f did they stay open?" <laughs> you got to admit, we sometimes you go into. Uh, towns and there are these little boutique stores and it's you know nothing but gum or, or <laughs> and, and it's like, how in the f are yeah. you staying in know. business yeah yeah there's there's a shop in skipback that's i think it's called the irish store right the irish shop is just it's just Celtics. irish yeah that's it yeah I'm like, how do you get enough business to stay this open? This is a I guess walk. You do. I guess you <laughs> like, do. listen, if this it's a, thing's a, a walk, you can do that in, like, let's say, a tourist <laughs> town, right? When I was in Niagara, and a when, I was, when I was in Canada, I was walking through this little town center. I'm like, okay, well, this is a tourist town, so right. they had a ton of those little boutiques and and press. We walked into one of those Celtic stores mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense, though, right? Totally, totally. But makes I mean, sense just there. I mean, and you see these places that are. Highly specified. A lot, like if you go around, like in Bryn Mawr in certain areas, there I think are just, are just, people have fun, you know, crazy money, just set up their little stores and they kind of. Little passion thingy. Little passion things. Yeah. But to Casey's point, do most small communities have some type of historical representation, some type of place where you can go and see? I would and, and not necessarily a government thing where you go and, and look up old, uh, you know, paperwork and things like that, but. Um, you know, is there a uh, is there a skipback museum of something that I'm that I'm missing out? Not on, or... I, maybe not all do, but there has to be some sort. I mean, uh, as far as documentation and, and in this area, I have to imagine that there is a ton of historical yeah stuff kept in some sort of repository that you could go check out. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the the Wild, the Wildwood Historical Museum is not like privately owned. Maybe it's owned by the the municipality. And Are you going to go in it someday? Uh, <laughs> it's owned by Larry Fine's great great grandson. <laughs> Do you have to pay? Um, you know, I don't know. There was a sign out front that said we're open. And I was like, well, that's great. I got to go to Zippy's real quick. And uh, <laughs> it says, sorry. It says, Zippy. <laughs> it says, store. sorry, we're open. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys, we're open. <laughs> Sorry, we're open. They got stickers for sale. They got an online store. There's a hey Casey, look at this. A laser engraved piece of wood. You can get a a, the piece of piece of the boardwalk and have your a laser carve your name into it. Okay, that's pretty cool. Boardwalk, that's pretty cool. Using laser technology. Mm -hmm. God, one time I stole. One time I stole. uh, Speaking of a piece of the boardwalk, (laughs) I stole a, a cobblestone from. God, where somewhere in Old City, 
Did you? I felt like a loose cobblestone. I'm like, ah, I was drunk. I'm like, I'm <laughs> keeping a piece of Philadelphia. <laughs> think, think of it. George Washington might have stepped on this. I'm was keeping it this. Alfred's, uh, uh, was it? Not Alfred. Alfred's. 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 Alfred. Alley, maybe? I, no, it was... Uh, We're closer to... Like, I, I think it was on Front Street. Front Street? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I kept that thing for a couple of years, and one day I'm just like, what am I doing with this? Did you put it back? No, I threw it away. <laughs> It'd be cool if it was like like an original cobblestone, but you don't know it that. It may have been. I, I doubt it. But there are I, parts you walk around in where I am down Germantown Avenue and Chestnut Hill and those certain areas, and you walk by buildings, and there are special... Marks that show yeah. that you're looking at bullet holes from the from the Revolutionary War. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, really? or, yeah, musket ball damage to buildings that they've kept that's, intact. But that's, that's what I. That's but, amazing. That's what I thought was cool about the Alamo. Um, yeah, you know, I walked through the Alamo looking for the basement. Right, turns out yeah. they don't have one. <laughs> no. Um, no basement. <laughs> But uh, but seeing the actual bullet holes and, and stuff in, in yeah. the, the yeah. walls, that was kind of cool. You know, it's funny, though. And then, like, when we were lucky enough to go to London for the Eagles game a couple of years ago, and you go to a pub that's, like, oh. a thousand years oh, old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, the first place we went to yeah. was over 600 years old. Yeah. Who's that guy up there in, the, uh, in, the, in that picture? Oh, that's Jesus. He was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when we first opened up. Yeah. And we were down in these, I mean, yeah. the, you know, you got a duck to get into certain rooms that were made smaller. Right. And, and it was pretty damn cool. Come on in. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, crap. I was going to say something about the Wildwood I, Historical Society. Well, let me, let, me go to, let, let me go to Tiffany, who lives near the Berks County Historical Society. Hi, Tiffany. You're on the air. Hi. Good morning. Hey. What's up, Tiff? So there is an old schoolhouse off of 222 near the... Reading Airport. So they were trying to get it saved or it was going to get knocked down. Well, they raised about $100,000 or so to actually get it moved to the Historical Society so they could continue to use it as a teaching tool for what early schools were like. Okay. And I'm actually lucky enough to live in another old schoolhouse, which... You live in a, can... you live in a converted schoolhouse. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We, we have a few of them out by me. Do There's you? One right down the street. Yeah, it's pretty cool because they still have the little where the bell hangs. Wow. Out, out front. <laughs> do you, do you still that. have that little bell? You know, pergola or whatever it is. No, they took oh. the top off to make it the second story and the add a attic to it. Okay, you've been gotcha. detailed. But I do have in the basement. I can see the original foundation of the schoolhouse. That's cool. That's cool. How yeah. can you see ghosts in that thing? Um, I can't confirm nor deny. But uh-huh. Those places are all haunted. Absolutely. All of these old houses. Uh, thank you, Tiffany. Yeah. That's very cool. I appreciate it. All right, well, listen, we're getting a lot of calls, but unfortunately, we have to, we got to stop. We got to take a break because we have, we have a, an interview schedule. We do. And we got to stay on time for that. So I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, you know, it might be worth Stopping by that little historical society, that little uh, museum that's in your community. If you've never done it and seen the old photographs and old artifacts and find out a little bit about your spot and where you call You're home. You're not careful. You might learn something. <laughs> that's true. Thank you. All right, Bill. <laughs> I'm learning all about prison. <laughs> never too old to learn nope. about something you're not familiar with. MMR and Live Nation are happy to announce the live performance drought is finally over. 
It's the Live In at the Drive-In Concert Series. A month of shows in the Phillies parking lot. You'll experience from your car. 93.3 WMMR and Brent Smith and Zach Myers from Shinedown invite you to rock live in your ride Thursday, September 3rd. Get up, get up, get a move on. Preston and Steve's favorite shirtless comedian, Burt Kreischer, opens the series August 16th. My wife called me watching porn the other day. She goes, your phone's tethered to the TV in the bedroom. See the full schedule at WMMR.com. The live-in at the Drive-In Concert Series. The socially awesome solution to a performance-less pandemic. Featuring Shinedown's Smith & Myers, Burt Kreischer, and many more. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Listen, it's already a couple minutes after 9, and uh, we're going to... We're going to come back and get traffic because we have a guest on the line. I don't want to keep her waiting any longer. Uh, always wanted to speak to her. I don't think we've ever spoke to her over the years. I, for some reason, I thought we did, but I, maybe we didn't. Uh, no, you know my memory, did. It's yeah. horrible. Uh, but she is a part of uh, BET Hers. They are presenting The Couch, and it's um, it's a series that they're doing uh, to support and celebrate black women in front of and behind the camera. They're doing 20-minute dramatic shorts, and they're going to cover a whole range of uh, topics. Uh, uh, to today's that are you know germane to today's uh, black families, uh, and it, it, it covers all kinds of different territories. Yeah, I love this idea. Uh, and this is her directorial project, which is called Baby Blue. Yeah, and we are very happy to welcome this morning Miss Kim Fields. Hey, hey. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, Kim? Doing great. How are you? We're good. We're listen. We're excited to talk to you. I mean, uh, you know, we've uh, obviously listen. I grew up in the era of. Uh, the facts of life when that was huge, so I, I know you from that. But you're you're a busy director as well. You've you've had quite a few projects under your belt, have you not? Yes, I started directing in '94 uh, when I directed Living Single, and then did uh, every season of Keenan and Kel for Nickelodeon and several other Nickelodeon shows. And then um, um, in Atlanta, I did How's the Pain and Meet the Browns for Tyler Perry, and now currently for Tyler and. Nickelodeon. Uh, my mother and I direct uh, Young Dylan. It's it's a ton of stuff that you did, and I was amazed to read I, that you. So you had a, a a career that was going along as an actress, but then I believe you attended Pepperdine University for communications and film. I did broadcast journalism and TV and film production. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, while so, I was still doing Facts of Life. Wow! So that was that had to be a heavy workload. It was definitely a heavy workload, and I graduated in three and a half years. I did some, you know, some of my things at night, some of my classes, uh, summer school, and uh, to be able to accelerate the program for myself. But I, I definitely love what I do. I've heard. Th- I love my industry and what I do. Oh, that's cool, Kim. I've heard that that people who are, you know. Um Actors love to be directed by directors who are also actors because they understand the uh, the mechanics and the and the issues that actors face when they're being directed. Uh, did you find that you were received quickly by other actors when you started directing? I, I I feel like I am because they know my work. They know, and especially even with young people directing kids and and things, they know that I understand that part of the life, so to speak. Uh, but at the same time, I'm a crew baby, uh, and that's why I, I learned what I learned from the best when I was doing Tracks of Life, every show that I've ever been on, movies, um, um, theater. Uh, I, I just always soak up and then, you know, getting my degree in it uh, so that I could also be just as effective uh, of a leader for my crew as well. 
Uh, Kim, I, I don't know a whole lot about your personal life. Um, this uh, this project, uh, Baby Blue, it it it, it focuses on uh, postpartum issues. Um, do you have any kids? Have you gone through childbirth? I have gone through childbirth. I do have two children. I have not had uh, postpartum postpartum depression. Or, or anything uh, in that area. But I definitely feel like you don't have to have um, gone through something. Right. You know, you don't have to have experienced it for yourself to be empathetic, to right. have a heart for it. Uh, and I just felt like this was certainly an important topic for women, for families. It does not just affect women. It also affects the partner, the husband, uh, family members as they're navigating through this. And overall mental health and you know, I always say health is wealth. I got that from a friend of mine, and I just feel like that is so important that we also understand our bodies are this great machine, but master control is, you know, what's going on in your mind. And so you have to be able to take care of that the same way that you take care of, um, you know, the, the engine of a great car. Yeah, my, 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 it, this actually speaks to me. My sister-in-law just recently had a miscarriage and is going through a, a type of postpartum issue that that thankfully she's she's coming out of but i mean it's weird i mean we you know okay you feel this way your elbow hurts you take this when you start Mm -hmm. to get into this situation it becomes this amorphous thing and that that people don't know they don't know how to approach it or how to work with it and it can can be devastating And, and as you mentioned it can cause collateral damage with those people that don't know how to respond or support That's right. That's exactly right, brother. You hit it right on the head. There's so many people that go through things and you don't understand it. There's so many variables and and things that are just not tangible um, where you can't, you know, in the black community, Chris Rock has that joke of just put some tussing on it. (laughs) (laughs) And this isn't this isn't that. So so, you know, to be able to shine light on this. Uh, topic and some of the other topics that these wonderful directors that they've collected to be a part of this project, um, these topics that we're, we're taking on, um, to be able to say you're not alone, it's totally okay to have conversations um, and, and to get the help and the resources that you need because sometimes that's taboo as well. Um, so the couch, uh, the the show that's presenting your you know segment, Baby Blue, is going to be on uh, July twenty uh, fifth, so a couple nights away, uh, nine o'clock. That's on uh, BET. Her. I know we only have a few minutes with you. I did want to ask you a little bit about um, uh, the facts of life because I saw you had posted on Instagram a, a video of you and Lisa Welchel together. It was back in May, I guess it was her birthday. Her and birthday, uh, yeah. do, do you guys get together fairly frequently? Any any cast, you know, of the, the members of the old cast? Because there's a video of the two of you together having a good time. There's there's several videos of of uh, us, um, my castmates and I. Um, we we call each other our sisters because <laughs> we've been you know dear friends for you know forty years. Um, and so we do hang out together uh, when we can, um, and we work together. Uh, I cast them in a Christmas movie that I starred in and produced this past Christmas called You Light Up My Christmas on Lifetime. And so it's- oh, okay. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Yeah. Love Steve those, loves those. Love those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it was, it was a lot of fun, but we definitely keep in touch. And the same with my castmates from uh, Living Single. 
uh, Sasha from Dancing with the Stars and some of my friends from that show. So I've been blessed to work with some really great people that um, become a part of my village. That's cool. I mean, because, listen, this group of people that I'm in the room here with, we've worked together for over 20 years, and we'll have a relationship that no other people will be able to understand. Right. And I'm sure it's the same way on shows, you know, uh, TV shows. Completely. Absolutely it is. You definitely become family. Yeah. I'm the Queen Latifah of this show. He is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's... I'm the Mark Curry, I believe. <laughs> the Mark Curry? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Would that make me the George Clooney? You are the, the, you're the, the George Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, may have, you may have that spot, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Nick is the Mindy Cohen. All right! Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, what, what else do you have in the works, Kim? I'm sure you got something else going on besides what you're promoting currently. Well, we've got some Christmas movies in the works that we're just looking to see how production is going to start unfolding more and more. Listen, uh, you must post-COVID. do them, Kim. You <laughs> must do these movies. Uh, the world needs Christmas movies. I love these well, freaking things. I'm addicted to them. Yeah, I actually wrote a blog about um, the, why we will always need Christmas movies, and especially now. So I definitely get it. Awesome. Um, but we've got we've got that going on. I've got my uh, coffee line. Signature Blends by KF. Uh, you can get your coffee. And this summer, I'm so excited, guys, because we've got a new collection that we're dropping next month called Signature Spirits. And it's blending uh, coffee and liqueur. So we've got Amaretto, Kahlua, and whiskey. Uh, it's so, oh, it's so good. <laughs> okay. I like okay. everything you're involved with. So whiskey-flavored coffee? Yes, baby. Nice. I'm on it. <laughs> Uh, it keeps you, man. Kim, you sound like super duper sexy this morning. I do have to admit. That's what it does to me. <laughs> you know, coffee and liqueur is great because it keeps you awake so that you can enjoy being drunk. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a tagline we hadn't considered. <laughs> All right, Kim. Good luck with everything. It's great to talk to you this morning. You too, guys. Take care and stay safe. You bet. Kim Fields, guys. Oh, my God. I thought from the the get-go she had a sexy-sounding voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, As soon as she jumped on, I just, I like that delivery, but... I always thought she was, I mean, obviously past the, when she was an adult, a a, a very attractive woman. I thought she was super cute. When she was seven in the Mrs. Butterworth commercial, that would have been creepy, but... Hey, you know what I, reading our little fact sheet, what I didn't know was, you know, they always had her character on roller skates. Yes. And... From what it says here is because they put her on skates because she was so short. Oh, yeah. no kidding. Yeah. And that it, they would avoid camera angle issues by propping her up on skates. Because uh, she was, st- I think she was the youngest one of the group, so she still had a, a growth spurt to go through. In the first Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise was on uh, roller skates. Oh my god, because he was so he's, short. He's tiny. He's very tiny. All right, so well, that was cool. Nice to talk to her. Hey, real quick, do you guys mind if I do? A, I, I need a, a timed out shard out. This one it was requested to be done on July twenty third, and I'm going to hit it. Oh, wow, look at hit you! It. Oh, no. Um, this is, a, uh, I think the short out. Yeah. It says, uh, Hey, my name is, uh, Madeline. My family and I have listened to your show for as long as I can remember three years ago. I emailed with you when I was going to Australia for study abroad and requested a short out for my family. Well, today I'm emailing for a similar request, uh, but to encompass you guys as well. Huh. Uh, at the end of this month, I am moving halfway across country to attend my dream grad school, which is Wright State University. And I'll be working toward not only my clinical psychology doctorate over the next five years, but also my American Sign Language interpreter's license. That's awesome. Uh, Sadly, this means I'll be out of your broadcast zone. 
I will no longer be able to attend the Cardboard Classic or listen to Casey and Kathy bicker about their hometowns. <laughs> uh, but I want to say thank you. I'm requesting a shout-out for you guys, the entire staff of the President and Steve Show, for getting me through my undergraduate degree at, with nothing but laughs and good times. And, and so you, you can hit that, Steve. I'm also requesting one for my family to let them know that their little bugaboo is working hard to make them even prouder than they already Aww. are. I cherish the laughs and lessons both the President and Steve show and my family have taught me over the span of my life. I would greatly appreciate if you would read this uh, over the air on July 23rd so that we may listen as we make the final trek to my new home for the next five years. Rock on, Maddie Grace. Please let her know that while you've been reading this, I've been signing what you've been saying. Right. Yeah. It, the interpretation has been spot on. Where is Wright State University? It's in Ohio. I had to look it up in Dayton. Um, and uh, so go. It's the Wright College for you. Go Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Oh, okay. all right, Raiders. All right. Good luck to you. Awesome. Thanks for listening. And you can still listen to us on the app. You, we will be right there for, for free. You. No yeah. problem. Podcast. Absolutely. Come on. Make Give sure us a break. Uh, and also this one says, uh, hey, President Steve Show, this is coming Saturday, July 25th. My sister Marie is getting married. Her and her fiancé, Bill, have been listening to you for years. In fact, Marie spent four years in Africa <gasps> teaching at a university and would download your podcast every day. They bonded over your show even when living on two different continents. Uh, even when being 5,000 miles apart, your show was something they both enjoyed and would be able to talk about. That's crazy. So somebody's getting married? Yes. Somebody's getting married. No, somebody's getting married. <laughs> uh, not even an ocean or global pandemic will stop these two from showing their love for each other. If you could give uh, Marie and Bill a shout out. Yes. I'm sure that would bring a smile to both of them. So here you go. And that is from Darren Gaiman. Gaiman. No gay sure. man. Gay man. <laughs> uh, Master of the gay man. So there you go. That's uh, Every time it gets me. Forgot about that. How can you not love that? Kathy? Uh, my friend was also getting married on Saturday. Well, it was supposed to be. Um, but my cousin, too. Today, um, so they're actually doing the uh, the wedding. They are actually getting married. They're just doing it on her front lawn, and they're going to hold off and have the reception next summer. Okay. I recall you were supposed to head off to Africa, weren't you, at some point? For a, for a wedding? Oh, God. Wait. Do you, you remember wanna, that? You know I mean, he listen, he doesn't live in this country. I can talk about him. Um, <laughs> you want to... No, South Africa. Yes, I was going to South Africa. It was a very close friend of ours. Um, he actually lived with me for a while. You were uh, presented with the nightmare of all the shots and the stuff you'd have to get? No, no. You, for South Africa, we didn't have to do that. Okay. We, we didn't have to do any of that. They just... They, you had to, like, take stuff with you in case okay. something happened. <clears throat> um, but, like, I think it was two weeks before the wedding, they, they called off the wedding. Had nothing to do with the pandemic. This was a few... <laughs> years ago okay um actually i i wish i could look to see um how long ago it was but anyway he's married now to someone else oh, it was uh, 2017 what? so you would have gone gone through all of that for nothing well listen her the poor the other thing the, the the poor girl that he broke it off with her whole family was they were set to get on a plane i think it was like two days later like like he gave them two days to cancel their flights cancel their trip Man. cancel the whole two weeks that they were supposed to be in south africa yeah it was really that's I, not listen cool. i guess it's good that they 
didn't go through with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I felt really bad for the Jesus, girl. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, he's married to someone else. He was engaged again, I think, less than a year <laughs> after he broke it off with her. You see, like that? I mean, honestly, when you know someone's Wait, really I'm... flighty and, and they say, hey, I'm getting married in, in Antarctica. Well, no, he uh, he was South African. He was from South Africa. Oh, okay. His fam- his parents and his, his siblings still live there. Wait, the best part is, so he broke it off with this girl, got married to another one. I actually have one of his engagement rings. He was also going to propose to someone else when he was living here in the United States and she he literally had plans with her they were moving in together they got a place they were going to pick up the keys for the their new apartment they were going to move into and he was going to propose to her there she never showed up what the hell is that she never showed up never called him never texted him ever again and he was like I have this ring I'm leaving like and he left it at my house so I nice ring it, it, it actually is a very pretty ring yes uh how long was he dating this person um, maybe I would say about a year. Okay, that's. I wasn't sure if he's one of these guys that just jumps into marriage. Really, sounds quick. like he, it. He is a guy that falls in love very quickly. Yeah, quick and hard. Yeah, and then. And then it's like, oh, no, what am I doing? Right. I don't want to marry and, this and person. And leaves collateral damage in his wake. I'm like, Mike, what do you want me to do with this ring? He's like, I don't know. Can you sell it or something? <laughs> okay, I'll try. Really? But, it, but he bought it in South Africa, so it doesn't come with the, the paperwork. paperwork yeah. Is literally in their language. It's not in, you know, in English. So uh, Take it to a pawn shop. Well, yeah, I guess I could do a pawn shop. But, yeah. you know, like the jewelers here, I went to a couple, you know, a couple of jewelers, and they were like, that paperwork or, means go to, to Stephen. <laughs> that's, what it, that's, what, that's what it looks you like. You know what? Yeah. I hate Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on to it. Tell, tell Chase that it's a family heirloom. Yeah. And so when he's getting ready to propose. He doesn't have to buy one. He doesn't have to buy one. like your great-grandmothers or something. Right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, sad news out of your family. Is it okay yes. to mention that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So uh, my grandfather, Ralphie the Racer, Ralph Liguori, uh, he was my biological grandfather. We didn't really have it too much of a, a close relationship with him growing up later on in life we did uh, but he passed away at the age of 93 mm. uh, he was in tampa florida uh and had dementia really bad he was in a nursing home so um we're actually waiting to hear if it if it was actually covid that that had gotten him but um he had been there uh i think uh, a year or two maybe year and a half he, he had been in the nursing home uh 93 yeah. is a good run 93 is a good run yeah and you he, know what I, I was amazed that kathy was when you told some of the stories about him how many listeners were familiar with your grandfather yeah. because of his racing prowess and he was a really successful driver yeah so he yeah he never went to uh the indianapolis 500 but uh he was pretty famous in the racing industry and uh also because he i mean all through his entire life even as he he aged he stayed in the industry and he would still travel around to all of the races and this is the guy that spread his seed all over the country right? yeah so yeah. most most recently and the reason why we had talked about him was um yeah we did the ancestry and we were linked up with a guy in allentown and uh we had no idea who he was and why we had such a close connection with him and his daughters and it turns out that uh, my grandfather uh, he was his his father wow yeah crazy. His, i mean um, but a classic good looking race yeah. car driver sort yeah. of a playboy type the exact model for that kind of yeah. stereotype. Yeah. I just yesterday got my 23andMe uh, results back. Okay. And? Uh, it's, you know, I, I don't care. It's nothing. Yeah, but here's the thing. that Just wait. I had mine for a good two years, and nothing really popped up on it. And then all of a sudden, it says, you You're have, Janice Joplin's daughter. Well, it, it says you have, you have a new connection. And so, you know, okay, you click on it. And I looked, and I was like, whoa, why are we so closely connected to this yeah, person? Yeah, as people will start to take that test, use that, that uh, uh, you know, that, that product, then you're... 
family tree expands. Well, the that, database builds, right? database, exactly. Huh. So, but the majority of which, I, I the, the lineage thing doesn't matter a whole lot to me. I don't have a whole lot of personal interest in it. I don't, you know, but I, yeah, everybody on there is like, the ones that I don't know are all like third, fourth, and fifth cousins. Who's this Jebediah Lauer? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, there's a couple in the area. There's some in, you know, there's one in New Jersey, a couple in New Jersey, and a couple in how, Pennsylvania. By, uh, how close are like relative? Fourth cousins, you know. I mean, right. that's Do you so know far who they removed. are? Or no, no, I have no. no idea who they are. And you don't care to like no, connect with them. I, I, you know, it's Hi. just going to be another person I'm going to try to get out of doing I something to reach with. Out because we're not, we're just barely related. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wanted to start up a relationship and have you in my life. My mom sat me down and showed me she has all this paperwork, uh, like from like the censuses over the years, yeah. and you know, going back to hundreds of years ago of, of family members on on her side. I, I, you know, I don't have much family on my dad's side. I, you know, I have my aunt, and she's got yeah one kid, and like my other aunt had no children. Like so, everything I have is on my mother's side. Like there was a there was a grandparent who had, oh my gosh, like. Eleven kids and yeah. five of them died and Ugh. yeah, wow. like yeah, and and all of that stuff is in the records. It's pretty wild to see. Have you, uh, has anybody done the the DNA kit? I your... think my little brother did, and I have one. I got it for Christmas. I just never got around to and it's doing so it. Easy case. I know that's what my brother said. He's like so to whacking it into the box. Well, no, he's like, dude, it just takes ten spit seconds. on a stick and stick it in an envelope. I'm sorry, I sent semen. <laughs> that your saliva was very milky. <laughs> that part of it takes ten seconds. So when I was just in Kentucky visiting my dad, we had him do it as well. Yeah. And so not only do you do, you do the, the spit thing, which only takes a moment, but you also fill out some information. And they ask you questions. How much information? Well, person? that's the thing. So you go through a series of questions. It's like 15 minutes long. And it's asking about uh, your health history, your personal yeah. habits and stuff like that. And so my dad, I'm watching a, a show while he's doing it. And I realize like uh, <laughs> like an hour and 15 minutes has gone by. My dad's still working on it. I hear him and goes, <laughs> How many goddamn questions are there on this thing? I mean, blah, 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 answering this and that. So you get to the end of a segment, it'll say, hey, thank you. You've answered, you know, yeah. uh, more questions than 30% of our database is answered. And then there's a continue button. Yeah, yeah. Which makes you Aww. think you're just going to move on to the next phase. But no, it keeps asking you questions. And my dad kept hitting continue. It'll set Aww. you up like another 10 minutes worth of questions. And he just thought it was the logical next step, not that you could end right there. Right. So he filled out like 90% (laughs) of what you could possibly fill out. And they were asking things like, you know, do you prefer salty or sweet? Or do you, you know. Really? So, and from that they glean what? All kinds of stuff. Like, Like my, I did take a look at some of my potential traits that i might have and it's like you know you are more common to have uh blue or green eyes you you are you could more uh and and sweet and salty right you, you prefer one of them said you prefer vanilla ice cream over chocolate is that right is that true yeah yeah it actually oh. was correct now a couple of them were wrong but most of them i'm like yep that's right yep 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 and it has to do with what other people in your lineage have indicated and what you have in common genetically that predisposes you to Flavors and things you like. You know? So when when do you start getting, um, you know, the, the the family connections? They well, the, it's there. I mean, yeah. it's there the, for people who have already done it. All the information is there in your contacts as a map and shows you where in the country they are, and you can maybe pick ones that are 
geologically, geographically. Yeah. Uh, uh, makes sense. My yeah. cousin is very sedimentary. Shut up. And, uh, <laughs> and he'll tell you how closely connected you are yes. to them. Okay. And then as, as the, uh, the more people in your family that do it, you will get notifications that say, Someone new his uh, and you you accept. So now you're on the you're on yeah. the the, the collective, as you said the database. I do find it fascinating. My dad is uh, is 94, and he um, he's very sharp. He's his mind is fully together, and I I I want to seize the moment. I um and 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 kind of ask him those questions. So I think that's something I'm going to do. I'm going to go. Hope I I plan to visit him prior to all this. <laughs> yeah, you had a trip that you had to cancel. I had to cancel everything, and as all the, the purpose was to go out. So when I do go out, I think I'm going to go out with the 23 and Me, set that in motion, and see what the history of the family is. Because be- his ability to remember things, the minutia of our family is mind-boggling. Some some people are paranoid about doing these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in that they think that there's nefarious uh, activities behind collecting this information well, that can and- be used against you. Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that you're basically putting your DNA out there. So if you're ever involved in some sort of crime. Yeah. Well, and that's what a texter just had. Nick just had this text up that said, you know, consider doing it because it can help with past forensic cases that need help. Uh, and in fact, case you've killed somebody and forgot. Not you, but oh. the, gold, the Golden State Killer got caught. Yes, it's true. Using uh, gen- uh, genealogical forensics. So they, they said they used gedmatch.com, G-E-D match.com. Um, There's um, 23 and me. What's the other one? The uh, ancestry ancestry dot com. I think that's the one I have. Do they and talk who, to each who other? Dat? Who dat? Yeah. <laughs> Do they talk to you each other? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you a idiot. You a idiot. So, however, th- this says ancestry declined to give law enforcement access to its DNA database. This was in 2019 when they had requested it for a case. Okay, Casey, what were you going to ask? Well, I was asking if Ancestry and 23andMe talked to each other. No, they were supposed to be linked, but um, it's not. So a family member that we found, another one, uh, was on Ancestry for you. No, it was on 23andMe. We were all on Ancestry. So Couldn't uh, that be up to the person and not the company? Do you know what I mean? Um, it's two different companies. It's two yeah, different I companies. I, I think, I think um, Ancestry.com uses the Mormon records. Uh, uh, I think that's where a lot of their data comes from. And the Mormon records are very extensive. Yes. So, uh, and but I guess it's more the genetics involved with Twenty Three and Me. But like both both of our DNA just sat because we were on two separate. You know, they, he was on Twenty Three and Me. We were on Ancestry, and then he eventually was like, "Oh, let me just do the other one." And then, sure enough, we all popped up for him. Do you know why the Mormon records are so extensive? Well, everyone is blessed. Everyone is ba- basically baptized by the Mormon Church when you're born mm-hmm. by proxy. By proxy, yeah. yeah. So they say so they're they're doing that for you. So that's why right. they keep track of everybody's records, which is kind of interesting. My father somehow got to see an area of the uh, the Mormon temple somewhere. Some of the archival records are kept. I forgot how he got that opportunity, huh. but uh, it's pretty amazing. I saw. I went into a, a temple. I've told yeah. you guys about it before. It was they. They. It was in St. Louis, and before it was quote quote unquote dedicated. Yeah, you were and, allowed to do that here too. Yeah, yeah. And I saw the uh, the the baptismal fonts they had and stuff like that. It was interesting. Before all this with the genetics and stuff like that, I would periodic. If I thought I knew someone, I would mail them an envelope of my semen and say, "Does this look familiar? <laughs> Does this taste like <laughs> yeah, me? yeah? Does this taste familiar?" <laughs> and man, did I get in trouble. Wow. Uh, hang on a second. I'm going to go to um, anonymous caller. This is a girl. Hi, girl. Good morning. Yo, girl. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. 
Hi, you guys rock. Oh! Thank you. What do you want to tell us? I swear to God, this is totally true, and this is not made up. So a couple years ago, my um, younger stepson wanted to do the Ancestry uh, 23 Me. I think it was 23 Me to see, you know, his obviously his background, and so we did it. And a couple months later, uh, this random person showed up on his relative list, and it was very closely related to him, like a like a first cousin. So. We were like, hmm, who's this guy? My husband contacted his ex-wife. The ex-wife didn't know who this person was. So we were like, oh, my goodness, this is this could be really bad or really good because my husband has three uncles that it could have potentially been. Um, one of them had sadly passed away. So then it led only two. Um, both were married. So we were like, oh, geez. Uh, so we finally talked to my mother-in-law, and she also did the 23andMe, and this person obviously showed up on her relative list as very closely related. So it took us about a year to kind of, you know, figure out what to do in this situation because it was a very, obviously, sticky slope. Right. Um, and we Slippery slope. finally— yeah. <laughs> Sticky because of the semen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she finally did reach out to her two brothers and explain, like, the situation. And it happened to be that um, her one brother did have um, – he had no idea that this that his son was um, around because uh, it was prior to him getting married. So he had no idea and he had a son. <laughs> so he had a son. And he reached out to us through Facebook because he was looking for his biological father and obviously, we made connections did they, through did, Facebook and through Twenty uh, Three and Me. And now they have a wonderful relationship. Oh, there you go. Good. He uh, was all around. I mean, we were really scared at first because it could have been a really bad situation. But yeah. he comes to family parties. He's gone on family vacations with them. But it was, you know, scary at first because we we're like, oh my god, there's this, you know, you don't know, yeah, and- yeah, you yeah. don't know what this person's about. No. That that is a risk, but I'm glad it worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the call. It's a great story. That's You're the welcome. one thing that I said when they did the story on my grandfather. Uh, NBC 10 did a story on him and our family and what we had found. And that was the one thing. When you do this test, like, just be willing and open to the fact that you might actually find something. If you're not, then don't do the test. Yeah. If you don't want to open up that chapter of your life, you know. Yeah. 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 Because there are some people that that are looking for family members, so you know, to them it it may be exciting. <laughs> but somebody who just you know maybe just did it, like you, Preston. Oh, I just did it, whatever. But you know, but you still need to be open to the fact that you might be connected to somebody out there that you didn't know about. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, there's a, a in Wikipedia article that says that uh, after the arrest of the accused uh, Golden State Killer. Uh, Ancestry.com and Twenty Three Me made a data policy stating that they would not allow their DNA profiles to be used for crime-solving absent a valid legal process such as a search warrant as they believe it violates users' privacy. So, well, that's okay. They so they could permission. still potentially get it. Yeah, get a warrant. A search, yeah. search warrant. Yeah, there you good. go. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go to Cheryl. Hi, Cheryl. Good morning. Hey, good morning. How you doing, guys? Good. What's up, Cheryl? So when my mom, who is now in her 70s, was in her 20s, she found out that her mother was her aunt and her aunt was her mother. Her yeah. mother was her aunt and her aunt was her mother? Yes. Gee, you, you hear these things every now and then. Did they find out why the lie took well, place? Well, okay. Well, what happened was the aunt's 
um, husband was away in the war, and she had uh, oh my god, an affair. A friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh wow. And so she hid, and um, she you know was going to put the baby. Let Let me interrupt for just a second, Cheryl, because a lot. This is not that uncommon because at the time, uh, being no. a single woman pregnant was a very shameful thing. Yes, in oh, the was, eyes of yeah. public opinion. Yeah, it was. It was a really hairy situation. So my grandmother. Who, well, they didn't well, shave my, back then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, one was so my grandma, who I grew up to know as my grandmother, raised her and everything. Fast forward to my. Uh, aunt's passing away, and all these papers surfaced, and wow. she named the father. So my mother goes to meet this father. Fast forward now, we are 30 years later, so here we are now, last year, and... Um, they found well, her. They yeah, found her. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. Still, yeah. yeah, we're still here, Cheryl. Okay, so my... Um, the anxious person, who are you talking to? <laughs> but, go ahead. <laughs> does the DNA test and finds out that uh, the man that was her father was my aunt's 17-year-old neighbor, and he went on to have uh, six other children before he got married and had three children. Oh, this dude was banging everybody. Yeah. Yeah, so my mother thought she grew up as an only child and had no relatives and found out just last year that she has all this family all over the United States, California, and her actual... She's she's one of she's one of how many kids, Cheryl? Six. Six. She thought she was an only she child. She had six. Yeah. <laughs> she 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 grew up as an only child, and then finds out in her seventies that she has five or oh. five younger siblings. And just literally last week, someone else surfaced that may possibly be related to them, but he wants no parts of it. Wow. Well, so so here's a perfect here's a perfect example of, of if you are not ready, as Kathy says, yep. to to have this potentially happen to you, don't do it. Yeah, because and the most ironic thing is of the whole situation is the one woman that is her sister, two of them, they, they've gotten together and they've met in Florida because they all grew up thought, thinking they were only children. This man was a busy man back in the day. Yeah. Clearly. But, yeah. Wow. But um, this woman looks. Like she could be my mother's twin. She probably is. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, she may very well be. Interesting. All right, thank you, Cheryl. Appreciate that. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It's pretty wild, man. I guess I could see maybe as, especially being thinking that you were an only child, the fascination of finding something because the father had no impact in your life at all. You yeah. know, so why would it matter that there are other people out there? You know what right, I mean? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But I guess. It Maybe. means different things for for different people. I guess people, so. Yeah. You know, and also I think for the people who are searching and go on these looking for people, you also have to be prepared to have somebody shut the door in your face and say no thank you. Yeah, exactly. And that that could be devastating as well. Yep. Uh let me go to Norman. Hey Norman. Yes. What's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Good. Uh uh my mother did the uh ancestry.com and um Found out that the the man that raised her was not her actual was not her biological father. But she was um, raised to believe that he was. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and she found out when she was seventy years old that it was not her biological father. Oh my god! And what was? Did they find out the story? Um, I I 
she heard something. This is going to sound crazy, but uh, something about a mailman. Um, <laughs> mailman. <laughs> so he but, made it to, um, yeah. All right. Wow. It, there was 13, there's 13 brothers and sisters on my mom's side of the family. And um, there was six from my mother's mother and then um, seven from my, who I thought was my grandfather, his second wife. And um, she did the Ancestry.com, and my grandfather was half Cherokee Indian, and when she got the results back, she had not a drop of Indian in her. Wow. Which she likes. <laughs> you, you, want some? you want some? Interesting. Wow. All right. Thank you, Norman. That's I appreciate it. Up. That's how, that was part of it for uh, my dad's brother that, that they found that they were connected through through this. Um, he, there was like, I think it, both of his parents had no Italian in them, and when it came back, he was like 50% Italian. He was like, wait a minute. What? My- my dad was telling me while we went to Kentucky recently, and it was important for him to show us our, our ancestry. Yeah. And so we went out to this uh, very tiny uh, uh, family um, graveyard, and, and uh, we, we went, and he, you know, he's like, hey, this is so-and-so, and he's pointing out to, you know, my, my ancestors. And he was telling me about this one person who was dirt poor, who one of my dad's relatives, my relatives, would, would take care of, uh, and they had 14 children. I mean, out in the hills, out of nowhere. And I'm like... Yeah. No wonder they were dirt poor. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, you, know, you you do know that if you you know yeah. if you pull out, you can avoid. <laughs> it was that. not the way though. I just don't. Yeah, I, I never not never the way. Maybe wrap my mind around in why fact, you would keep doing that. In fact, you would have. I guess you'd have people who would help around. Were they? What, what was their lifestyle? Were they? Were they? Uh, were they agrarian? Were they not real? Like the guy didn't work much at all, and every now and then would come looking for an odd job that he could oh do to gosh. make ends meet. And my grandfather would give them money just to help him because he was a very benevolent man. Yeah. Uh, but you know, he, he had not much interest in work. My dad was like, "But those kids loved him more than anybody I've ever seen." And wow, uh, wow. No, but apparently he said they were happy. Pretty wild, interesting, but you know those gigantic families. Um, let me go to Eric here. Hey, Eric. Good morning. Hey, this is Eric. Hi, Eric. First time. Eric. Oh, cool. Thank Eric. you, Eric. What's up, buddy? So my buddy's dad. Uh, he was in a. He was one of five children, and grown up, you know, his brothers and sisters always made fun of him, saying that like he didn't look like them or anything. <laughs> And said he was adopted and this and that. But, you know, when your brothers, your siblings just yeah. screw with you. Yeah, it's yeah. standard. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So last year he took the 23andMe thing and found out that he had a match with this guy that lived in, like, Connecticut or something. No clue who he was. Talked, asked his mom about it. And she goes, oh, <laughs> J- Jimmy Kavanaugh. <laughs> that was the manny. They had a man nanny that was banging the mom. Oh, my gosh. And that's where he came from. So wow. he was the son of the Manny. But no one knew. They they just made fun of him because he didn't look alike. Oh, my God. But in reality, oh, he really loved his place. Man. <laughs> uh, okay, at what point in his life did they find this out? How old was he? Uh, just now. I mean, he's uh, mid-50s. Oh man, are the are yeah. the siblings apologizing to him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are. Oh, my yeah. God. That just would. I mean, you're. I mean, in many ways, your life goes into. It just. You're in your fifties, though. At that point, you've lived a life where you can probably adapt. But if you're, if you're, you know, it could throw everything into upheaval. And and <laughs> speaking to that, you know, I I've told you guys forever. I give I've given my wife a hard time saying that she was adopted. She was right. clearly adopted. She doesn't look like her mom and dad. No, she doesn't talk like them. She doesn't act like them. 
And when she was going to do this 23 and Me thing, I'm like, be prepared. You may uh, really find out right, yeah. that what I've been saying all this time is true. But no, she's uh, it's she is indeed okay. The, the child. You needed scientific proof. I did, yeah. man, because I don't <laughs> see who it are those people yeah. at all. It's she's impossible. the anomaly. Yeah, she's she's she, and she does have siblings, right? She's a brother. She's got a brother. Yeah, what's he like? He's not, I like yeah. Is he he's a great guy. more like her or the family? He's more like the family. Does he like judge shows? Looks like loves judge shows. <laughs> does he wear a shirt when he's in the house? No, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> but no, but they, you know, he's he looks similar to the to uh, Butch, the father, and and uh, you know he's he, he talks. He, they they all kind of have this really midwestern yeah. slash slash southern drawl. Right, Rochelle doesn't have it at all. Did she ever that happened. Though, No, never, never did. I couldn't. I How? could figure it out. Do they look at her like where you Who come are you? from? I don't know, man. <laughs> What's she's, your story? She's kind of the the swan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did she take the test? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, and turns out she's yeah. Oh, she's theirs. Yeah, she's theirs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I stand corrected, <laughs> unless they somehow or another fudge the results. Listen. And- do me a favor and whack off in this envelope. <laughs> <laughs> in an envelope? Yeah. Well, that's, that's how they do it. Send it away. <laughs> Listen, this might be another conversation. it'll go bad by the time it gets there. <laughs> another conversation for another time. But um, do you know any families where one member of the family was forced to keep the lie for a long period of time because of situations like this where family connections were hidden or somebody was was a, oh, yeah. a father or a mother and but the other people the other people in the family got were were in on the secret oh this th- this was my family this was not not the situation i'm talking about with my grandfather it was another situation and and yeah, for years. So, like decades, you have to decades. maintain a lie because of shame or embarrassment or whatever. And when when all of this came, rem- you guys remember? Oh God, I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> remember years ago when Franklin, Franklin Institute. Institute came in and they said to me, That's "You right. need to be careful. You need to be careful." Yeah. And my mom was like, "I I don't know what this is, but don't do it." And I'm I'm like what what and that's why I started yeah, wow. I why I started asking some questions and I'm like I was like well I'm going to call this cousin and ask them about it I'm going to call it and she was like just drop it let it go and so it was something it was something that was, you oh wow that, a family secret was, a dark secret that was hidden apparently yeah you're related to Genghis Khan <laughs> <laughs> yeah, half the world is yeah two thirds of the population yeah. is. So you're, you're talking about somebody who's had to carry on a a dark family secret. Yeah, I have, I have a friend, and she's had to. She's been, and, but the secret recently came out. But for the majority of her adult life, she had to maintain the secret, maintain the lie to protect the other person who the, who the secret was kept from. Without saying who it was, can you reveal what type of secret it was? Yes, uh, her younger sister uh, and her older sister were not sisters. The older sister was the mother, and the younger sister, the mother. Yes. Yeah. So the older sister in the family was um, was passed off to the younger sister as also an older sister. But it turns mm. out that her older sister was not her older sister. It was her mom. Wow. And the younger sister was raised by a Sasquatch. No. Oh, no. So this came out? Yes, recently. How did the, the, the daughter... The, on the unbeknown, you know, how did she react to it? Uh, she was really hurt because yeah. not only I mean, because... And she, because other people ran on it. And, and, and the people had to were forced to keep that secret from her, these people that, in theory, she trusted. So, it, like, it sets up a series of lies that you have to maintain for a long period of time. And so, guess what? 
trust becomes an issue. Yes, you when know? you've been lied to for your whole life. Yeah. No yeah. matter what you think the good you're doing is. Well, you automatically think, what else have you been lying to me about? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow, it's interesting. All right, well, that's sad news about your, your race, race uh, racing. What was his nickname? Uh, Ralphie the Racer. Ralphie the Racer, Ralph. grandfather. Yeah, Ralph Lagori passed, away. passed wow. away. He was 93. Okay. Well, maybe you'll find more, you know, relatives. Oh, my dad thinks road. that he has more siblings. <laughs> wow. Of course he does. <laughs> Half of them were born at Woodstock. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have one more stop on the cooling caravan with our friends at Duncan. And our buddy Connor is out on the road, and we're going to check in with the last location. What's funny is I, I just glanced down at where we're checking in with. I could walk here from my house. <laughs> I could, it's, it's right behind my neighborhood. Yeah, it's right around the corner. Uh, and we are going to go to Connor now with the final stop. Hey, Connor, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you, Preston? We're doing wonderful. Any uh, rain where you are now, or is it in the clear? It's in the clear. It started to drizzle right as we got here. And yep. we had a huge crowd of people. A, a woman made a sign that said, MMR and Dunkin' Donuts rocks. Uh, uh, a huge crowd. They were excited for us to be here, um, but the rain kept off. Everyone got their coffee. and Good. Um, Yeah. So. And where there... where are you? Let, uh, let us know, please. So we are in Skipback, like you said, mm-hmm. at the H&K Group Construction Office. All right. And who are we going to be speaking to? Who are we talking to? Michelle. Well, Michelle. let's welcome her now. Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks so much for getting in touch with us. Thanks for coming out. This is great. No problem. I wish I would. I would have just left and brought the coffee myself if it would have. I would have known where we were going because I'd be on my way home right around. I'm right around the corner from H and K. And do you guys? Does the helicopter still fly over from time to time? I haven't seen that in a while. No, I don't think the the helipad's not really in use anymore over here. The, okay. It's been gone for a little while. There's still like the painting there, but it doesn't okay. come out anymore. Just I not ha- happening the way. But you use your helipad, right, Preston? I Hall. do. Yeah. I do. From time to time, we like to take it out. You know, to take in the views. Yeah, and everything. of course. Get back. No, there beautiful. Was, there was always that helicopter that would come in low over oh, our nice. house, and it would land over at H and K. Um, which you know what is interesting. So. Um, Michelle, having been, you know, I've, I've lived there for coming up on 15 years right around the corner. And obviously, I know it's a construction office, but what exactly does H&K do? So we do a lot of um, construction, obviously, demolition, road paving. But actually, here in the Skipback campus, we have a host of different companies that come in here. So we have a couple um, bays for the mechanics to work on all of the fleets of trucks. And then we actually have an auto body shop and a paint shop. We have uh, a welding place over here, too. So there's a lot of things going on at this campus any given day. There's a lot of people yeah, even at, all the time. Even at 4.15 when I'm leaving, I see really? the trucks coming in and out of there. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep, they're everywhere. So, Michelle, yeah. have you guys been working throughout it? I assume you've been working throughout everything, right? Yes, yes. So okay, a well, lot that's... of people have been working throughout the um, here at the main office. We had a lot of people working from home just to try to keep everybody safe. Uh, we just recently came back to the office, um, but everything seems to be going okay here so far. How many people in that uh, in that office? So I would say in the one office building, the main office building, where like accounting is, we probably have close to seventy-five to a hundred. But there are about six or seven different buildings on the campus. So we're looking above 200 people at any given day, plus all of the drivers coming in and out and 
delivery oh. truck drivers and stuff. Yeah. Did we bring enough coffee? <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody that came out. All right, okay. everyone that came out got coffee. That's all we can do. Excellent. Michelle nice. will make sure everything runs like a top. I'm trying. Yeah, Michelle, are you the one that uh, tweeted at us this morning by any chance? Yep, that's me. Okay, excellent. Your, your nails look great, by the way. Thank you. Michelle, I'm special for the radio. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Michelle always tweets and always uh, always participates. And, and, and actually, you've been in the studio here a few times. Yep, yep. Once I've been in the studio, I've been to a bunch of, of your events and stuff. Awesome. So, excellent. It's cool to have this come out. Well, yeah. good. Uh, just a little, you know, thank you for listening. And our friends from Duncan wanted to get out and support people that are working hard, especially in the heat, because it's uh, pretty nasty. So a little yeah. bit of iced coffee kind of gets the day started right. So, well, listen, thank you uh, for uh, for being a supporter of the show, Michelle. We appreciate it and give the best to everybody at H&K for us. I will. Thank you so much. All right. And thank you, Connor. Yeah. Connor. Connor, you can bring it on home, man. Thanks for uh, getting out on the road. We appreciate it, bud. Yeah, no problem, All right, so there you go. We'll do this again, I'm sure. And we we got to thank Duncan for uh, loading up the caravan and staffing it and, and uh, obviously making all the coffee and taking it out to the crew. You know, it kind of brings up the point, Preston, those places that you see that seem to be open all night. Yes. You go, what do they do? Yeah. What do they do over there? Yep, exactly. Yeah. There's plenty of them around. All right, um, we got to do the Bizarre Files, so let us get to it. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre Files. And this morning, it's brought to you by HERS. Pick up a specially marked bag of HERS today for a chance to win $10,000 and take your summer to the next level. Full rules and details at summer.hers.com. HERS, forever good. Uh, Michigan State Police say a 51-year-old woman was arrested last week for allegedly trying to hire a hitman to kill her ex-husband. Listen to this. Wendy Wine allegedly contacted a fake website called... (laughs) Rentahitman.com. Oh, no my way. God. Yeah. I think hitmen are usually that overt, right? Which claims to offer hitmen to solve problems. Wine, <laughs> allegedly. I hope the police own that. <laughs> well, she filled out a service request form on the website and requested a consultation to help with the issue, saying her ex-husband was the target. The they owner, have a good Yelp rating. Uh, the owner of the website then contacted Michigan State Police because he was concerned that Wine was trying to kill her ex-husband. Mm-hmm. An undercover state trooper posed as a hitman and met Wine in a parking lot. She offered him $5,000 to murder her ex who lives in another state and provided him with an upfront payment for travel expenses. Wine was later arrested and charged with solicitation to commit murder. Now, the owner of the website, Kathy, said that since he started it in 2005, He's been contacted numerous times by people requesting murders, school shootings, and claims that it has been prevented, that it has uh, prevented more than 130 murders. Oh, wow. So he turns them in? He refers all requests to law enforcement. Honestly, that's that's great then. You throw it out there, and eventually you're going to get a hit, right? Absolutely. So it's pretty ingenious, really. Uh, A Randy Scottish couple were caught having sex down an alleyway in full view of the passing public. A clip shows the amorous pair throwing caution to the wind as they get intimate in public in Dalkeith Midlothian. That's right. Play with my bagpipe. Uh, Shocked onlookers couldn't believe what they were seeing and captured it on camera before sharing online. And the footage caused an uproar among locals. Two lads in their car spot the shenanigans down the lane from the street and decided to turn back on themselves to get a better view. 
When they pulled up at the end of the alley, a man and a woman can be seen lying on the ground, one on top of the other, with some vigorous thrusting involved. Uh, the watchers giggle as they exclaim, in the middle of Dalkeith. In and, the middle of Dalkeith, of yes. all places. Uh, the couple appear to notice that they've been rumbled, it says, when the driver lets out an inconspicuous laugh. Which startles them, and then the lads in the car drive off still in stitches. So they caught it on video. They were banging away. Love the Scottish phrasing. Public, yep. A young offender stabbed another teenager to death at a community center while on a knife awareness course. Well, he's very aware. Uh, The 17-year-old boy, his name is Sila, was, uh, or I'm sorry, the the 17-year-old boy uh, knifed Hakim Sila, who was 18, twice in the chest at the West London Center, Crown Court was told. Prosecutors said that there was a cruel irony that Mr. Sila was stabbed while attending a weapons awareness course. Uh, the teenager denies murdering him. Um, What's the excuse then? Uh, the defendant's blood was on the uh, and DNA was found on the weapon and the DNA from the victim was present. The defendant says he didn't intend to kill or to cause really serious harm and told police in his interview that he had acted in lawful self-defense. So that's what he's claiming. He had intended to stab Hakeem Sila in the arm, uh-huh. but he moved. Yeah. and uh, But the prosecution said the defendant took a deliberate decision to stab the deceased uh, twice in the chest. Um, and the, besides that, though, the rest of the knife awareness course went very well. Everybody else yeah. passed with flying colors. Uh, police suspect the unknown substance that left families with red and burning skin at a Mission BC water park this week was bear spray. Authorities oh, are still piecing together what happened. They are treating the incident as criminal. One witness posted on social media that young children were crying from the burning sensation in their eyes and mouths caused by the unidentified substance. Have you ever smelled that the residual spray of bear spray? Uh-huh. I I have and uh-huh. it's it's uh and it was I mean it it was well, you know, it, the wind was blowing and you just caught a little whiff of it, but it was heavy. Uh authority said at least 15 people including both parents and kids were affected. Paramedics and firefighters treated most of them at the scene, but one patient spent a short time in the hospital. Uh, samples of the substance have been sent to forensics labs uh, for testing, and it was unclear who used the suspected bear spray or how it was uh, de- deployed. Jeez. And investors say they say they're following up on every available avenue. Uh, this is a follow-up to a story that was from a few months ago. A woman in Toronto. Received a received probation, community service, and a fine for throwing a chair from a high-rise balcony onto a highway. This took place last year. Marcella Zoya, whose nickname was Chair Girl, <laughs> Chair Girl, had pleaded guilty to a charge of mischief, endangering life in November. Like she was way up high. I remember this video. Oh my god! And it's Chair Girl over there, and threw the chair down onto the highway. It could have killed somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Her prank was caught on camera and posted online, where it was viewed hundreds of thousands of times. The Crown prosecutors had sought up to six months in jail for her. Her lawyer told journalists, journalists in Toronto that uh, the sentence was appropriate and fair and that his client is ecstatic the case is over. Uh, he said she had been afraid of being sent to jail, and when she heard the punishment, uh, she maybe had a tear or two in her eyes, he said. I need the uh, I need the lawyer who defended China Cabinet Girl. Uh, he had apparently uh, previously said she had been drinking the night before the incident was filmed and was also under the influence of peer pressure at the time. This stuff of throwing things off buildings and overpasses... Can be absolutely deadly. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then one last story: uh, a personalized number plate on a car. I showed this to Casey the other day. Has gone viral on social media. 
thanks to its interpretation that uh, probably wasn't an unfortunate coincidence. There's a few rules restricting combinations deemed offensive or in poor taste, but a plate bearing this ta- this number, X3222A, appears to pose no problems until you look at it in a rearview mirror. So it's X3222A, right. and it clearly looks like it says ass sex. <laughs> yes, it does. That is... That's like Rinja. Yeah, Rinja. Ass sex. Uh, an image of the car thought to be in Australia went viral. <laughs> That's great. After being shared on Reddit with the caption, slipped through the back door of Department of Transportation. Uh, so if you'll see it, you know what I'm talking about. Ass Rinja. Rinja. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, and there you go. Rinja. That is what I <laughs> Buys me. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, uh, I want to give away some of these passes. We have a night at the drive-in, and it is for next Wednesday at uh, Shankweiler's Drive-In, which is in Orfield near Allentown. I'll take callers 7 and 8 at 215-263-WMMR. It's four people per car. You get a pass for one car. You get a, a reserve spot. And they're going to be showing movies to inspire your inner child, Hook and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And uh, keep in mind, it's part of Amazon Studios and Michael B. Jordan's uh, Outlier Society's uh, uh, series that they're having. Uh, if you don't win, visit anightatthedrivein.com to get first-come, first-served passes. Uh, so give us a buzz right now. If you're those designated callers, you can win. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, stay, boys. What you want? 93.3 WMMR. 20 minutes after 10. We want some cooler weather, but we're not going to really get much of that today. 92, high humidity. Sun's not shining, so at least it's not beating down on you, but we do have scattered showers. We've already seen some Working our way through the area, we're going to have some afternoon thunderstorms to look forward to. They said with the humidity, too, uh, even though the sun's not out, it's still going to feel like almost 100. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's a, there, there's a lot of uh, moisture in the air. And there's going to be scattered thunderstorms tomorrow, high 88. But uh, the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, sunny, I think it's going to be less humid. Uh, 91, 92, maybe 95 degrees by the time we get to Sunday. So These um, are sort of August-like temps, yeah. but uh, yeah. it is what it is. Listen. Yeah. Yeah. You move along. Kathy, you have your hand up. Uh, yes, Preston. Do you have to go pee I do have my <laughs> hand up. Uh, no, we actually skip traffic when we talk to oh, Kim Fields. Oh, so damn I, it. We don't have to do it again. I just want to say that I love Wawa. And at Wawa, your morning routine just got better. Enjoy any freshly brewed Wawa coffee for just $1. Any size, got to have a Wawa. I have a question about Wawa. Yes. They're going to do Hoagie Fest this year? I haven't heard anything about that. No, it would have passed no. yeah. already because yeah. it's usually prior to... Um, Fourth of July. Fourth of Marissa. July. They might be doing something different. They did Digital Hoagie Fest. Ah. So if you go to um, the Fourth mm. of July. Digital Hoagies. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, so they, good. what they did do was they made a whole bunch of hoagies and they donated them to, um, uh, oh, I don't want to say this incorrectly. I think they donated them to frontline workers or right. somebody. Okay. Um, and then they still did have some sort of competition between the firefighters and the police officers okay. that they usually do. Yeah. Um, so Fourth of July was all digital all or virtual all week long, um, concerts and everything like that. And I think it all lives on their Instagram page if you go back and look okay. at it. Okay, cool. Thank you. I do have a bone to pick with a Wawa because they're opening their very first drive through. <gasps> oh, where? What's your, what's your bone Not to pick? in Delco. 
which is where Wawa originated, where is, is born. It? Not even in Pennsylvania. It's going to be in New Jersey. Mm. I mean, I guess you give them that. I'm not. I'm not down with that. No. Isn't it punishment enough to live in New Jersey? They have the jug handles. Let them have the drive-through. Hey, here come the text. Hey, I can't, here come I can't the text. You said that. <laughs> hey, they have people pump their gas for them over there already. I know. So, oh, and it's so cheaper nice. They get the too. full treatment. Now they get the drive-through Wawa. They're Correct. used to not getting well, another car. I guess they're testing it. So, so you know, we'll let them be but the I, guinea pigs. I'm glad Jersey's getting the perk, but I mean, ultimately, you should have the first drive-through in the state that mm-hmm. they gave birth to Wawa. Right. Yeah. I would, you know, the the idea of the drive-through line at Wawa sounds pretty appealing to me. Oh I yeah, thought about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Can you do the? Can you do deli stuff? I would imagine that's exactly what you got to. Yeah, that's man. exactly what they're doing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or is it? And is it going to be like what's the other one? Turkey Hill? No, Swiss Farms. Swiss Farms. Uh, where you can I do like turkey ice cream. Well, where you can get like you know you can do a little shop for quick, anything. Yeah, quick yeah. shopping. Uh, that yeah, I don't yeah. know. I would guess it it would only be deli ice. Deli it stuff. Would be, uh, food, Steven Singer's so. getting a drive through. No yeah. way. <laughs> can I get a diamond ring? <laughs> Hang on. How much will you give me for this diamond ring? Kevin uh, wants coming on Hoagie Fest. Hey, Kevin, what's up, buddy? Hey, Preston. Um, love the show. Thank Durka, you. Durka, Durka. Durka, Durka. Um, mm. um, so yes, Hoagie Fest starts on August third. August third. Oh, is it? Will it be virtual on August third? That I don't know, but I, from I do work at a Wawa, um, okay. and it's on our board that it says August third. All right, uh, then we'll have to investigate coming. that. And uh, that yeah. and, and Hoagie Fest is like one price. Uh, um, I'm sorry, shorties, right? Cut out. Um, no, I think they do classics and shorties, I believe. I think we're, we're confusing yeah. Hoagie Fest and Hoagie Day. Hoagie Day. Oh. I think Marissa was talking about Hoagie Day. Yes, because that's uh, that's July 4th, right around 4th of July. That right, they do yeah, that. that's okay. where yeah. There's Hoagie. Yeah, I was talking about Hoagie Fest, where they have the, like, the cheaper prices right, right. than the Hoagies. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank hey, you, sir. Thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, see you later, man. Love you. All right, love, <laughs> love you. <laughs> Bye. I love you. <laughs> you know, Dr. Mike forgot to say love you. No. Uh, during, it was when everything w- was starting with the lockdown and the quarantine and all of that. And it was when he was super stressed. I mean, we yeah. talked to him a few times where he was a little bit overwhelmed. And it was during that time. And his, like, volume was down. His energy was down. And when he hung up, he was like, okay, see ya. And I was like, Oh my God, wow. do I say anything? I'm like, I think I left all this time. Mm-hmm. F you. <laughs> but don't worry, it's back. I talked to him the other day. No, okay. he's, he's, yeah, he's doing right. great. Uh, it's funny, Steve. Though, and, and we've done it before, and we're not going to talk about it now. But when you, when you, when you're so used to saying, you know, love you, <laughs> when you hang out with your wife or your fam- family member or something like that, and you do it with someone who is uh, either a stranger, right, or right. a coworker, or that you never would say, "I love you too." It's like. And you can't take it back. Yeah, you know? Casey does it. On, yeah. I love when Casey does it on purpose. I do it on someone, know. and yeah. like it, the other you. person gets like awkward, and like, Casey what? just walks away. <laughs> yeah. uh, what, did you call your mom, baby? The uh, not the other day, but like, yes, you know, I hey, have. What's up, baby? Um, okay, babe. <laughs> <laughs> how uh, is your mom? Yeah. Oh, how is she? Yeah, she's getting better. She's uh, at home now, yeah, right? She's, she's improving, and yes, so she's uh, she's getting some help. I, and I think that grand pad helped a lot with yeah, her. yeah. That there's like the iPad for uh, senior citizens. Yep, that yep. really helped her her attitude. And now we've got our you know in Medicaid, so they're going to get some people to come by and assist her. Nice, with, uh, stuff Good. Like, which is cool. So, and she's doing cam shows now. Yeah, yeah. she's uh, she does granny cam. <laughs> Oh uh, if uh, oh you're interested, I can... <laughs> oh, that's your nutsack. Oh, Jesus. Whip out your nutsack now. <laughs> that's your nutsack. 
That's my God. mom. <laughs> I, there's one of them that they think she, I don't know where she's from, but she's awesome. <laughs> it's like a seahorse. <laughs> seahorse, <laughs> Okay, so we're going to do today's lesson question. And we are going to give away a digital download of Caddyshack, by the way, for the correct answer. And I think I want to go with this one. What sign is hanging up in the Wildwood Historical Museum? <laughs> 215-263-WMOR. It would be hanging up on the front door. Right. Uh, what sign is hanging on the front door of the Wildwood Historical Museum? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know. And we'll do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Let's get some stories, shall we? Steve, what's up in the trash this morning? Well, Machine Gun Kelly, excuse me, <coughs> Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox giving their first joint interview on the Give Them Lala podcast, during which Fox described the couple as, quote, two halves of the same soul. Fox continued saying she and Kelly are two halves of one wit. <laughs> oh, my God. One Direction finally posting on Instagram yesterday after a 219-week hiatus. Original members Harry, Style, Harry Styles, Liam Payne, Lewis Tomlinson, and Neil Horan, I believe that's how it's pronounced, said they had taken the break to protest cruelty on social media, but later admitted they'd forgotten the password. <laughs> no. <laughs> And finally, Tom Arnold and Ashley Grousman are officially divorced after 10 years of marriage. Grousman says Arnold is a guy who just can't be tied down, which is necessary for his electroshock therapy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all All right, to the phones we go. Let's see if we can get an answer to the question, uh, what's the sign that's hanging up in the Wildwood Historical Museum? 215-263-WMMR. And I will go to Andrew for the answer. Andrew, good morning. Morning. What's up, you little bitch? Hey, bitch. <laughs> what sign's hanging up in the Wildwood Historical Museum? It is. Um, sorry, we're open. Yes. Yeah! Sorry, we're open. Hang on, bitch. For Andrew, we have a digital download of this movie right here, Caddyshack. Golf comedy classic starring Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, Bill Murray, and the Pesky Gopher. They celebrate their 40th anniversary this month. Own the Blu-ray and digital movie and now. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay, okay. One more time, Okay. I'm going to start with this. I only have two things to pass along to you. Dave Grohl took, oh, oh. <laughs> Dave Grohl took time to uh, empathize with parents and slam what he feels is Donald Trump's lack of pandemic leadership when discussing the fate of children forced back to school while COVID-19 continues to rage on. Grohl, whose mother is a retired teacher, spoke frankly in the debut edition of his Dave's True Stories audio series, explaining teachers are also confronted with a whole new set of dilemmas that most people would not consider. There's so much more to be addressed than just opening the doors and sending children back home, uh, my mother tells me on the phone. He went on to say, now 82 and retired. She runs down a list of concerns based on her 35 years of experience. Masks and distancing, temperature checks, crowded busing, crowded hallways, sports, air conditioning systems, lunchrooms, public restrooms, janitorial staff. Most schools already struggle from a lack of resources. 
How can they possibly afford the mountain of safety measures that will need to be in place? I can only imagine if my mother would now be forced to return to a stuffy, windowless classroom. Uh, Dave spoke about the Catch-22 of children needing to be among their peers and parents desperately needing to provide for their family by leaving the home to work. He said working class and single parents dealing with the logistical problem of balancing jobs with the children at home. Remote learning is an inconvenient and hopefully temporary solution. But as much as Donald Trump's conductorless orchestra would love to see the country reopen schools in the name of rosy optics, ask a science teacher what they think about White House uh, Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany's comment that science should not stand in the way. It would be foolish to do so at the expense of our students, teachers, and schools. So Dave, uh, the son of a teacher, has that to say. And I don't know much about his True Stories audio series as far as where you can hear that. I didn't have any audio clip of it. Marissa is gesturing now. So what's that? We got a link right there on PrestonandSteve.com. It's right at the bottom of the page, and you can listen to it. So is it a a podcast that he's doing, Marissa? I don't know, Preston. I haven't listened to it myself. Okay, just a series of... um, of his musings, I guess. Yeah, so. he's been doing a lot. He's been posting those things on the Foo Fighters Instagram, those like long stories. Okay, um, yeah. And I'm guessing that this is, yeah, like a podcast telling it or reading it or whatever it might be. Okay. Let's all check it out together. All right, you can take a look on, uh, <laughs> on Preston and Steve. She sounded like Mr. Rogers. That was amazing. Uh, so you can see that on PrestonandSteve.com. And then one last thing, and that's it. Slash, Sebastian Bach, KG Elephant, Anthrax, Trivium, Lamb of God, and members of Alice in Chains will celebrate the 40th anniversary of ACDC's Back in Black on Friday, tomorrow. Uh, Back in Black, 40th anniversary, a virtual celebration will include ACDC testimonials, appearances, tutorials, and performances. Uh, The event will be hosted by Jared James Nichols and will also feature uh, Refused, Airborne, Guar. Uh, Cherie Curie, uh, Dave Amato, uh, and a bunch of others. Uh, Brian Posehn will be a part of it, too. Oh, that's cool. Our friend. Uh, the free live steam stream will be available at 5 p.m. Eastern time across the Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitch channels of Consequence of Sound. Oh, and then, yeah, thank you, Marissa, for bringing that note in here. I did want to mention this. Uh, the live-in drive-in concert series we made the announcement of day before yesterday. Um, there, the presale started at 10 a.m. So, oh, did it? Yeah, it's underway. Uh, so, uh, as we mentioned, Burt Kreischer, August 16th. Burt's going to be joining us tomorrow. Yeah. He overslept, so we didn't get a chance to did. get him on yesterday. So he will be on tomorrow's program. But also, uh, tickets for the shows with The Struts, August 22nd. And then Shine Down acoustically, as Smith & Meyer, September 3rd. Uh, the tickets, the pre-sale is happening as we speak. The official full-on sale is tomorrow at 10 a.m. I bet she's going to sell out. Each car will purchase uh, one ticket good for a maximum of four people per car. I've seen some of the, the numbers thrown around as far as the prices go. And you'll you'll look at it and, and you might get a little sticker shock. Yeah. Uh, but I was talking off air with Casey and we were breaking down the numbers of what an individual, it would cost for an individual to go and pay for parking and so on to a show, and it and and this is four people per car. So if if you if you do the math, it's about what it costs to go to a regular concert. You yeah, know? And, so, and honestly, with the parking, yeah, you, yeah. The, the, the parking is included, and everyone gets a complimentary brisket. Correct? No, 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 no. That is incorrect. Oh, sorry, that would be yummy though. That's wrong. Uh, by the way, for the presale, the password is 
at no, WMMR. You, you go to WMMR.com to get the password. All right. That's what you do. All right. Nets Music News. We're going to take a break. Coming back in a second. Letter of the day, word of the week. Wrapping it up. Pierre, and stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Cage the elephant. Larkin Poe. Rival Sons. We move through the world like shooting stars across the sky. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. GNR. 93.3 WNMR. 1045, the Preston and Steve show, Thursday. About ready to wrap it all up and uh, set our sights on Friday. Actually, Casey, it's already Friday. <laughs> Thursdays at the end of your work day right. is already yes, Friday. It's Friday. It's a wonderful day. And there will be no sad bro tomorrow. None of it. Uh, we want to thank Miss the lovely Kim Fields yeah. for being on the show this morning. Tootie, as you remember from uh, Facts of Life, she was great. And has a very sexy delivery in the way she speaks. She's really turning it on at the end of the end of the interview. Which <laughs> yeah, is yeah, awesome. But she has uh, she directs all kinds of stuff, and she has a twenty minute short that's going to be a part of BET Her on Saturday. They are doing uh, female centric um, and uh, films, and it's called Baby Blue. And it's about a woman who has uh, suffers with postpartum, like it really go- goes really, really bad. Severe postpartum, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's on Saturday at 9 p.m. at BET Her, if you would like to check that out. So it was nice to talk to her this morning. And I think that's all in the thank yous, Pierre Robert. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. We did yeah. the uh, cooling caravan today. Yeah, oh, man. Thank you. Yeah, and so I also, good. I Connor got a, and Duncan, yeah, for sure. So Connor, um, who was uh, you know our representative out there, sent me a text saying, hey, can you give a shout out, shout out, whatever, to um, uh, the, these guys at the last stop. Oh, or, no, I'm sorry, the guys that were with Duncan. And that was Joel, Darren, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, they were handing out all the coffee, prepackaged sugar and creams, uh, Duncan gift cards, gl- sunglasses, hand sanitizer. And then also, <laughs> Captain Dale was at the last stop. He works at H&K. So, um, they, when- um, by the way, uh, Michelle from our last stop sent us uh, pictures of the setup. Duncan rolls with a badass setup, man. It was really cool. Yep. Wait, did you say Dale works at H&K? Captain Dale does, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, me neither. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, yeah. always or... Like today. At least today, right? Okay. He works at a different company every day. He's there for the free coffee. Gotcha. Uh, no, he, uh, he's on, he, it's a government assignment. That's why he's a captain. Oh. oh. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, how are you, Pierre Robert? Excellent. Thank you. Wonderful. Happy to hear that. I need windshield wipers, though. What happened? Oh, his glasses are wet. Oh, my God. Walking in in the, the rain? Yeah. It's a, you know, there's a, a few down poor things yeah. happening. But, Down you know, poor things, man. I, uh, well, you, the, your years of meteorology paid off. <laughs> they really did. And uh, that's what we now say on uh, AccuWeather. Downpour, downpour things. things. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a lot of downpour things, so look up. Because <laughs> it's right. coming down, baby. Yeah, we had we had some Chris. severe downpour things yesterday, like heavy. You know, you could start to see, you'd see the trees start moving around, and they it, it got pretty nasty for a while there. We had it coming down in buckets, but we did not have the ripping wind that we had about a month ago. Right. Remember, it just, just right. tore down a whole bunch of trees. Right. But, man, it was coming. That range is like the droplets were huge. That's there, are, 
You're going to be off and on today and tomorrow. Like oh, that. really? Yeah. What's the weather forecast for the weekend, boss? The weekend looks good. Uh, it's uh, sunny on Saturday, no downpour things, and then Sunday, <laughs> partly cloudy, and Monday, partly cloudy, So it's, and mid-90s is going to be hot. Okay. For sure. What's the temperature high for today? It is uh, 92 degrees. Okay. So yeah. with the overcast, as Kathy was saying, it's going to be, it, it will still be uh, hot and steamy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it looked Dicky. cold, so I wore long pants. And then the second <laughs> I got outside, um, I realized that was not necessary. I, I, have, I haven't worn pants in about two months. Yeah. I haven't worn them in a while either. And you know why? A big part of it is that they fixed that uh, the. The ice box that these used to become, the walk-in cooler yeah, yeah. at uh, late in the show. So I've, I've I got comfortable wearing shorts because, and, and it's it, great. It makes it does make it easier. And honestly, uh, when you, uh, it's just part of the deal. Yeah. It, it, it's the one you know we don't have to deal with. Though I hear on television, like in news and stuff like that, behind the console when they're sitting there at the desk, there a lot of them are wearing shorts and you know like a suit jacket above. So Steve Levy always used to wear jeans. That's right. Over at NBC, yeah. he always yeah, wore jeans. That. Yeah. So um, there was a shot of Peter Jennings, famous ABC news anchor, uh, uh, doing a live shot somewhere, and then there was an outtake of it, and they panned down, and he's just wearing boxers. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah, wild. Tom funny. Brokaw had like high garters with the uh, with mm-hmm. the straps and the whole thing. Really? Stockings. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel pretty. Yeah. Oh, so pretty. I feel pretty. And Woody and Wise. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, shall we do the letters, sir? Yes. All right, here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. B is in baby. Okay, that'll work. And we have a pair of Ron Jaworski golf passports. Each passport entitles you to eight. Total rounds of golf, that's one at each of his six local courses, a seventh bonus round locally, and the eighth round at Honey Run in York, PA, and some restrictions apply. The Ron Jaworski Golf Passport is the MMR big friggin' deal this week, and you want to get it now at WMMR.com, keyword deal. Uh, supplies are very limited. This one usually sells out quickly. Eight rounds of golf for just $89. That's pretty awesome. Shipping is included with that. Uh, what do you have in store for your very entertaining radio program, sir? Before I get to that, yes. what would a normal round of golf cost as you Depends are Depends on where you are playing. So it could go anywhere from, uh, on the lower end, um, you know, $40 okay. to a higher end would be around $100, something okay. like that. So the 89 is a great price. Um, well, yeah, it's 89 for eight rounds. Eight rounds, right. So essentially you're paying a little over 10 bucks for right. a round That's of golf. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Have you ever played, ass. Pierre? Uh, once it, it wasn't pretty. Uh, we had a before you guys got here, and I was doing the morning show. We had a golf tournament. We off and on had a couple of them somewhere over in Jersey, and my father flew out because he was a really good golfer. Even in his, he had two holes in ones in his life. And he, one of them in his eighties. Wow! Uh, and he taught kids to golf at his uh, local uh, country club. When he died, they had the uh, reception there, and we had a uh, the flag at half mass, which was really cool. So he loved golf. He grew up on a golf course. So the, the idea was he would teach me how to <laughs> how to golf. But and, that never happened, did it? Well, he's. I said, "What do I do?" He goes, "Hit the damn ball." <laughs> and so I I hit it because I had the big prelude to that. And then I said, "How was that?" And he looked at it and he goes. <sighs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. And then I, I actually did hit a barn somewhere nearby. I, I hit a barn, the side of a barn. Uh, 
Yeah, so, well, so I know you can hit a bar. Yeah, so I, I can. You can't uh, hit the broadside of a bar. I've enjoyed. There's uh, Matisse Thibel from the uh, 76ers has been putting out these weekly video blogs of you know life down in the bubble in, in Orlando. In the last couple of weeks, he's featured. The, now these are elite athletes on the golf course, and they are terrible. It's like they've you know they've never swung a club before. It's right. hilarious. Just. Whiffing and missing, and you know, and, and it's just it makes me feel better because these guys are like absolutely, you know, best of the best when it comes to their sport. Right. Well, there you go. There it is. Anyway, on the program today, uh, speaking of B being our letter, it'll be blocks of B's: Bon Jovi, Bush, and Breaking Benjamin. Wow. Uh, so lots of B's today. We'll also have another of the Grateful Dead, Working Man's Dead. <laughs> thought that was appropriate. Yeah. No, that really is appropriate. Bees. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll have a uh, Working Man Dead's digital download uh, from Rhino Records to celebrate the anniversary of that record 50 years ago. And I will pay tribute to the late, great John Lewis, uh, who passed away, civil rights icon. And one year ago today, uh, the Rolling Stones were in town. So we will uh, flash back to some concert coverage and uh, play some Stones. That's a lot of good stuff. Lots of good stuff. So much so that it's like on top of the rainbow. I love the blocks yesterday. You really stretch your legs. And the almonds and the Pearl Jam and and, uh, I forget what the third one was. But it was just, it's cool when you you tune into the blocks, especially when it's a band you love. But even if it's a band that you only mildly like, because you get to hear stuff that you wouldn't normally. And they were both just fantastic back to back. So thank you. Nice work. Um, We had a letter for a block of Pearl Jam. And it was, could you send this out to little Nikki? <laughs> it was written by um, my producer, Mr. Pancake. It was sweet, yeah. In yeah. honor of you. Got me in all the feels, man. Yeah, nice. uh, and it said because, um, you know, Eddie talked to uh, Nick once, and Nick thinks that Eddie talks to him all the time. <laughs> And I thought it was little Nicky the Adam Sandler character. <laughs> no, no, no. That'd be no. awesome. Popeye's chicken. Popeye's chicken's friggin' awesome. All right, well, stay tuned for one Mr. Pierre Robert, and I want to thank our sponsors. President Steve Show is brought to you today by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. Uh, hers as well, the official chip of taking your summer to the next level. And also Hyundai City Park. And you shop the summer drive sales event for sizzling hot discounts. Only at HyundaiCity.com. Tomorrow morning, we promise, Burke Kreischer. <laughs> yeah. Burke Kreischer will be on the show, and uh, we'll wrap it up in fine Friday form. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. I'd like to order a Monte Cristo sandwich, please. Could, could I have extra jelly on that? Next message. I don't want to brag or tip my own horn, and I... To disrespect my old lady, so I'll just say it. I got a hobby in the car yesterday. <laughs> Next message. Sorry if I was falling asleep at my desk. Didn't happen every day. You could have just tapped me on the shoulder or thrown paper clips at me and said, "Hey, wake up!" Instead of being a snake and complain about me behind my back. You guys can go yourselves. Or if it was one person, you can yourself. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.